0: There ain't no horses running around the Kairos anymore But that has been a football club here since 1864 Trying to do the town or city proud Laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground
1: um, so well, well welcome back Jamal to another ramble are you're you now becoming you're now going to be asking me for, for co-host money or something aren't you this is how regular it's becoming
2: <laughs> well glad to be back uh, I think I told you last time I, it's it's pretty therapeutic so um, yes. always here always here when invited I appreciate it Matthew and uh, glad glad to be back
1: and that's quite interesting and um, We'll um, we will come on to news. I'm gonna you talking about therapy just triggered something about sort of uh, it was World Mental Health Day the other day, and um, there was lots of good tweets and stuff going around. So uh, we'll come on to that in a minute because there was a couple couple of points that uh, that, that that sort of um, perked my interest, as it were. But we'll start uh, usual format today for us. So we'll start uh, first section. We'll do the intro. We'll do the news. Um, I, I I don't know whether you caught any of the documentary or not. Um, maybe we'll touch on a little bit of that uh, without being spoilery. Um, so we'll do the intro and the news and then we'll do the, uh, we've obviously played a couple of games so we'll do our normal reviews um, and then we'll look ahead to um, Salford coming to town and we'll see what you know about the Salford uh, setup because obviously um, for the uninitiated they're uh, they're run by some quite famous footballers. Um, so we'll uh, we'll go over that because there will be people who know it and there'll be others that don't know what's going on there so we're, we'll go over that um if that's if if you're game for that that's what we'll do um so we'll we'll start with news obviously i wouldn't I'd say there's not a lot of news around um i've got stuff here in no particular order um so we'll do it but let's go on to that it was, but let's just touch on that will but that therapy the therapy uh, comment that you made on world mental health day to just a couple of things that uh, that pricked my ears up so the first thing was it took wrexham an awful long time to mention world health world mental health day um and I, a lot of people i don't know if you might not have seen it uh, but a lot of people commented on it on social media to say like you know i think it got to maybe three or four o'clock before we'd put anything out it's like what what's what are we doing what's going on supposedly we have a fantastic service called dragon chat which is uh which helps with people's mental health um, for where people can go and chat about um, anything they want really and how they're feeling. Um, And uh, I I listened to the Fearless podcast this week and somebody made comments, said, you know, don't really promote that very well, um, which was, uh, you know, that was a a fair comment. Um, But yeah, just, uh, it might not be a big thing to some people, but I think that's, you know, given how uh, social media aware we supposedly are now, I was a bit surprised. I was surprised by how late we were with that. Did that, did you even contemplate that at all or not? Was that not a big thing for you?
2: Yeah, I, it's uh, it's something that I'm familiar with. So I, I did see some of the tweets and, um, you know, here too, when, whenever there's, um, I'm trying to think, what, what was the latest one? There was something recently, I think it was during Pride Month, my local club was, um, the where where I'm currently living at, they play in the USL Championship, which is second division, um, here in the US. Um, did not say anything about Pride Month until, maybe the second weekend. I think, um, it, it was really it was really late, and people were were up in arms about it. So, um, it it is something that happens. I um, I was surprised because I feel like Wrexham. And I could be wrong. This is an outsider's point of view, but it seems like Wrexham is is very pioneering and like the dragon chat. And I had never seen anything like that. And that was one of the first things I noticed when, when I really got into Wrexham when I started following them was they had the space for um, I know it's not excluded to men, but they have a place for for football fans to get together and talk about other issues aside from football. And and again, we've we've talked about this just talking to, to someone else can be very, very therapeutic. So um, I always feel like Rexham is uh, uh, Rexham is in the front run of, of doing things like these. So I personally was very surprised they didn't have anything lined up the way um, Norwich had, had that video. I was surprised they didn't have a graphic. I'm just very, very surprised it took them so long because they seem to be on the, on the front end of a, of a lot of these issues. So yeah. um, very surprising to me um i'm glad they did finally come up with something but um I, I was just taken back that it took that long
1: yeah it was a bit like after the whole the the, uh, the lord mayor's show is what we call it you know it was very much sort of after the majority of people have kind of got it out there talked about it you know put put stuff out and you've you touched on the uh, the second point which was just uh i mean it went viral that norwich video i've seen it on link and uh, at uh, linkedin and stuff like that uh, not just on normal social media you know it's sort of crept into what i class as work social media for me that's what linkedin is for me um i don't know if you use it or but you'll you'll know what it is fundamentally um you know it's crept across sort of uh, genres of uh, social media um and like i was watching it and when you watch it back in hindsight or it's like i should have seen that coming but i didn't see it coming and it was like it was like a kick in the stomach when um when you realise sort of how it plays out, that little sort of scenario. Um, I thought that was, uh, you know, I don't know who's behind that, whether it was just the club, whether the club have actually worked with somebody to put that together. Um, but, uh, you know, because when I first logged on, it was just everybody was retweeting it type of thing. Um, and if you haven't seen it, I guess for people who've if not come across it, go on either Google search or go on Twitter and look for Norwich City world mental health day or norwich city video i'm sure that'll come up as one of the first ones won't it um so um so yeah that was an incredible piece of work um i thought and i don't know like you follow um some american sports and stuff did you see anything as powerful as that um because you will do no. you know you'll follow more than me you 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 watch so much sport you know compared to little yeah of me.
2: yeah no i uh across the landscape and nobody really spoke about mental health day um, to be honest with you. And there's so much happening right now. Baseball playoffs just started. Right. Um, the NFL season, we're in the first, we just finished the first quarter. Um, and, and MLS, uh, us football or soccer, um, playoffs are about to start in after this international break. So, um, a lot of, a lot of things are happening in the sports world and nobody really touched on it. Nothing like, I I feel like the EPL does a much better job of, of supporting and really embracing these mental, mental issues. Um, but like you said, I, I hope I don't spoil it for anybody. But at the, when looking back, you're like, man, I, I should have understood that, but uh, or I should have seen that coming. But how true is that, right? Like it's always the ones that you least suspected, and it was just so beautiful, and and just very very true to to what we deal with here in in the real world with yeah. with issues like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, back back to your point. Another thing was that just last week. Um, last week's episode of Welcome to Wrexham, they had the uh, you know if you know anyone struggling, they had I think it was a suicide prevention hotline. So um, I I was curious to yesterday's message was that more reactionary because of the fans? Did the club not have anything planned out? Um, yeah, That's, that be my criticism.
1: It looked like it was a reaction to people going, you know, what's going on, lads? Anybody, you know, we not got something? Or or was it delayed? because the the club might argue maybe they delayed it from a time point of view to to sync up with perhaps an American or North American audience waking up and coming but like you know what's to stop you putting out a couple of messages what's to stop you making a couple of videos you know um i just think those are the things that um you know we, we we should be pushed like you say you know we should be pioneering and pushing to be a little bit better at and i hope they've just I hope they just looked at that and went, oh, we missed a trick there. Let's make sure we've got everything in the calendar and let's just step it up a little bit. What can we do? A little bit different, a little bit more um, so that people aren't questioning what we're doing.
2: Yeah, yeah. I um, And the the optimist in me was hoping that was the case because Wrexham is in a very unique situation in League 2 specifically where you have this broader fan base and you have these fans across the, across the world essentially. So um, again optimistically speaking i was hoping like well maybe this is the sweet spot for us where americans will see it australians will see it europeans will see it so um i'd like to i'd like to think on the on the brighter side of things um just because uh, i'm really appreciative of the whole dragon chat and everything that that the club does for for these kind of issues so um yeah i just like like you said i hope next time something like this comes up they'll They'll learn from these mistakes, I guess.
1: Yeah, I just, I, just, what I, I, I guess the thing that uh, what I would like is for if we're going to do something, let's do it properly. So if Dragon Chat is a serious thing for us, let's promote it better. Let's, you know, where's a, where, you know, what can we do better rather than just send out a templated once a week? Oh, it's Dragon Chat tomorrow, and then it's Dragon Chat tonight you know, we we can do, we can do a bit more around that a bit better. Let's, let's, you know, speak to the people around it. Like Steve, who, uh, uh who sort of is involved and stuff and, um, you know, let's, let's, let, let's, let's come on, let's raise the game a little bit there. I think is a, a fair challenge that I hope is internally. We are challenging ourselves.
2: Well, now that you mentioned that, now that I think about it, the only reason that I'm aware of Dragon Chat, um, and that I, I feel like it does a decent job of being marketed is because of another podcast, uh, the me the wife they uh ryan mentions it mentions it every single episode yeah. so now that you mention it i'm like wait a second the only reason i'm very aware of it is because of a podcast not even because of the club so <laughs> um yeah good point yeah. uh, Rexum itself Rexum, the club could do so much more for for uh for the dragon chat and and all that
1: yeah just I, i'm sure hopefully hopefully you know as i said just don't let's not pay token sort of attention to it let's let's do it properly little thing that hopefully are hopefully um you know hopefully internally they're uh, they're looking at that um i guess around the town today i haven't been into town today in well because i when i went we were just talking about my run before because obviously i've been running this morning my run was away from town rather than towards town um, but i'm sure town will be starting to build up now there'll be a bit of buzz because obviously the race course is hosting a wales game tonight um there is an incredible Art piece of artwork i don't know if you've picked up on this or not because it was I was looking the, at it before ah, we perfect, right. on. it came from the uh it came on the official wales I, well, I saw it on the official wales twitter um but it was a a piece of artwork sort of a picture of the turf um it's got wayne in the doorway i think ryan and rob are just coming out the door it's got the, the new floodlights in it's got this bit of there's aaron ramsey there i'm just trying to do this from memory now uh, Aaron Ramsey's there but then there's Millie's there I think Annette Gardner's there um so they've they've done this brilliant graphic to kind of tie Wrexham and Wales together um ready for sort of uh, tonight um and so that's well worth checking out if people haven't seen it it was I thought it was re- I, I don't know if you saw it and just went oh that's just you know Or oh, like for me it was really that was really cool bringing the, the two worlds together tonight
2: yeah yeah no I I loved it because uh you know i'm i'm familiar with a lot of these figures now because of, of welcome to rexham i'm glad you brought it up though my question was um what was the story with the monkeys
1: ah so well so uh, i've seen somebody else ask that and i probably wouldn't have got it only i saw i think it was simon cook answered the question um so gibraltar um, is uh, part of it's, it's a sort of it's attached to Spain. I don't know if you know this, um, mm-hmm. I don't know how much you know about Gibraltar. Um, have a little Google search because it's quite an interesting place. But um, the rock of Gibraltar, which is this massive uh, part of the from memory, I have been, but it's 20 30 years ago. I think part of the town and stuff is built into this rock. And indigenous to these rocks are all these little monkeys, and they're sort of famous for nicking your food or taking your phone mm-hmm. or you know, um, so those are. I will call them for, for argument's sake. Now I'll call them Gibraltar monkeys. Um, but I don't know what type of monkey specifically they are. But whatever they are, they're the ones that they've picked up as as being from Gibraltar. So if you go sightseeing, they'll be trying to nick your apple, trying to nick your banana, going in your bag, stealing your phone. That's like, you know what I mean by that. That type yeah, of yeah, yeah. you'll have similar sort of th- places. Uh, I'm sure that Ireland, you can get to not, near yeah. you somewhere. Um, so uh, so yeah, that's where I was. Gonna, I was going to search for it, but. Uh, uh, yeah, that's where the that's where the monkeys come from. But uh, yeah, check it out because it's it's basically it's full of little Easter eggs, isn't it? That 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 picture of little bits that you can pick out. Um, I'm sure every, other people will have picked out more than uh, more than me. But um, uh, but yeah, that's so that's cool. So yeah, Brexham will be buzzing tonight. The pubs will all be busy. Um, you know, um, and I'm just we've just got to hope everything goes okay and there's no drama because obviously it's kind of like a tester for us in terms of. You know, are we going to be doing this more regularly? You know, obviously they said they are. Um, and obviously we're, we're we're hoping they are because we're investing mega money in a stand eventually. Um, but uh, yeah, so we've just got to hope that all goes to goes to plan. And then it's a good game. You'd expect Wales to win because Gibraltar are, are, are not, you know, they haven't got a particularly fashionable side. Um, so you would expect Wales to win. Um, I've not heard anything about Mulls. So I don't think there's been any Paul Mulling call up. Um, much to many people's disappointments. Um, I'm sure he's at home with with his boots, you know, just with the phone on, ready to go just in case. Um, Because that's often, often that's how people make their debuts, is last minute, get a call up, sit on the bench, end up coming on. The race course would love it if Mulls got on that pitch. Um, You know, it would be electric. Um, But for some reason, I'm not Welsh, so it doesn't really affect me. Um, But for some reason, Rob Page, the, the Welsh manager, sort of at the moment refuses to pick Mullin. And when I look at the, the squad for Wales, I don't see why Mullin's not in that squad. When I think about what he's done, you know, 80 odd goals in 100 sort of games for, for Wrexham, I would definitely be having a look at him. But, you know, uh, that's probably, maybe that's my, a Cardiff fan might say that's my Wrexham bias. But as I say, I'm not Welsh, so it doesn't affect me. It's no problem. Um, if that makes sort of sense, you know, do you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, uh, it'd no, be great he, uh, for it'd be brilliant, but you know, for whatever reason, he doesn't pick him.
2: Some of these national team coaches are just so stubborn, and they have their men that that they stick with, and we yeah. we're dealing with it with the U.S. and burhalter and we have um, we have uh, uh, John Brooks or John Brooks, I want to say, I'm having a brain fart, but he's playing in in Bundesliga, starting um, and. They will not give him a call up, and it's it's one of those things that um, national team coaches just have their favoritism, and they'll stick with their with their striker. And like if you look at it, you know I I agree with you. If you look at Wells' uh, roster, I don't see why Mullen doesn't even get a crack at it. He deserves a chance over over some of those guys. But uh, before I continue on, what um is is it anticipate is it an anticipated sellout? Yeah, I, I believe so.
1: I believe that, um, I, I, well, I read that there was. There must have been, I don't know the Welsh ticketing system, um, uh, but, uh, but I've, I'd, I'd read comments where people had said they'd managed to get tickets last night and stuff. But I, I don't know whether you, like Wrexham can, you can sell a ticket back or whether you can transfer tickets like we can at Wrexham. Um, I'm not sure, but I, I believe basically it's a sellout. Um, so I would expect 9,500 plus. I don't know what the restrictions are because there might be more restrictions for health and safety in international football, so I don't know whether it'll be like 10,200 or whether it'll be nine and a half and maybe there's some restrictions. Bear in mind, Gibraltar aren't going to bring next to, next to nobody. Um, again, I'd be guessing. If I had to guess, I'd be guessing. Um, but you wouldn't think they would have a very big away following. So um, I I would expect, you know, I think there'll be 9,000 plus. So I think it'll be a good crowd, basically, Um, uh, of a variety of people. You know, I know people who are going, mums and sons and, uh, you know, and uh, hardcore like Tim from Fearless. Obviously, this is great for Tim because it's a local game. Uh, He doesn't, you know, normally he's having to take stupid amounts of trains to get to games in Cardiff, et cetera. So um, it's their turn now to sort of uh, have to feel the pain.
2: What, um, so this is the first men's match at the race course in quite some time, correct?
1: I believe it's about 23, four years, roughly.
2: So is it just the floodlights that were holding them back from, uh, hosting or?
1: No. So, um, now I'm, I can't give you the specifics of everything, but it's everything like media facilities, medical facilities. Um, you know there is a there is a list of sort of you know as long as your arm uh, of sort of. Uh, and obviously the floodlights was one of them wasn't it we know that you're, you're for international football because it's broadcast further you have to have much better lights so that the, the sort of coverage and highlights are obviously much better Um so it's many things um not just the the sort of floodlights all the all the cop as such um but obviously they'll they'll be keen to get that that done because that then means that they've got room to expand on sort of some of those other facilities and uh, you know um when they've got that extra room in the cop that's why they're so keen to do it you see so uh, so yeah not just that um but obviously that would have been a big one because that's hard to fix if you can't get your floodlights bright enough um mm-hmm. you know that is uh, that is a that's a hard one to fix for international football um So, yeah, so that's, that's, that's Wales. I'm sure Wales will win by a few goals. Um, I'm sure everybody will go home very happy, but uh, yeah, we'll, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, That's
2: the, I mean, I'm not too, uh, I'm not too familiar with Welsh football aside from, uh, you know, they were in the United States group in the world cup, but I feel like a match against Gibraltar, that's, those are the type of matches where you can try out a Mullen or anyone else you want to experiment with. So that's kind of disheartening that he didn't make the squad for, for a match against Gibraltar.
1: Yeah. So I I reckon if they'd have only sold 5,000 tickets for this game, Paul Mullen would be in that squad now. Yeah. Yeah. Those tickets (laughs) would be on sale or Paul Mullen would be in that squad. I have no doubt. Um, So I fund, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think, you know, if you're, uh, those are the games to, to test people, to have a look at other people, and even if you're only pulling, even if you're saying right, I've got a few players that I've had in the squad before, so I'm going to start them. But even if you then pull Mullen in and say, just come and train with us for a couple of days, let me see what you're about. Let me see what are you like in training, yeah? Let me see, and then you make the decision, don't you? You go, you know, crikey, this guy, because I, I struggle to believe they don't know how good Paul Mullen is, you know. I, the, the documentary this morning, which we'll come on to next, um, they don't really show an awful lot of how much influence Mullen had in those games. But those two games, three games really, sort of the Sheffield United and Coventry, you know, Mullen was exceptional in those games, you know. Um, the, uh, the Coventry game and the Sheffield United game at home, I saw it with my own eyes. You know, I was there in the ground and he was very comfortable at that level playing against... What we now know were, were, was a championship team in waiting to be promoted, weren't they? You know, we, we guessed that at the time. Um, so I, it amazes me the, I would call it naivety, at least not to have a look, not to invite somebody to a few days training and go, let, let you know, you know, are we, we, you're on the fringes. We know you're on the fringes. Let's have a look. Um, but they but again, you know. Uh, I'm sure there's South Walesians and who'll be saying, "Well, no, he's not done anything at, at, at a level." Well, I'd argue that it, that that season he had at League Two level was uh, was something, wasn't it? You know, but before he joined us, and he scored thirty plus goals, you don't do that by luck, you know. So, um, and I don't see a lot. As I said, I don't see a lot of goals in that Wales team. I think it's cut. You know, that is the thing I would say. Um, and I think eventually Mulls gets in, he'll score goals, and they'll regret not picking him sooner. Uh, Cause he's that good. He is that good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah he so,
1: is. He's that good. So, um, so uh, well, will we'll, you know, we'll see, see how that plays out for him. Hopefully sooner rather than later, he'll get the, he'll get the nod. Um, but we'll, we'll see. Um, but before we go on to the, there's two, two other things before, uh, we'll touch on the documentary and James Jones. Um, uh, but, but the ladies played obviously on Sunday, against Cardiff, scenes as we're talking about a sort of north-south divide. Cath uh, went, uh, I believe there was north of 600 people there at the, at the rock in Kevin, which is a really good crowd. Um, uh, Sunday afternoon kickoff. And obviously this, the ladies lost three nil to a very good Cardiff side. Uh, who've now, ju- I think they've jumped above them to go top of the table. Um, so, uh, so yeah, some, there'll be some learnings for them there. I know, Del Morgan had gone on social media afterwards and sort of almost like took a lot of the pressure off everybody and said, you know, she had, didn't have the best game. Um, it was good to see that actually what people actually w- were doing was supporting her and saying, well, it's not just about you, is it? There's other people, you know, there's 11, 11 people in a team and just to forget about it and move on. Um, but uh, I, I, I know Del a, a fraction because I when she was at TNS, I used to do some photography and I phot- phot- photographed her a couple of times. Um, and she's, you know, she's top draw like that. And we saw that at the end of the season, she came up trumps, did not she? um So she's very experienced, she knows what she's doing. um So yeah, she might have had an off day, but there's plenty of credit in the bank for Dell. Uh, and she'll earn more credit as the season goes on, because she's a she's a top class keeper. um. So, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know if you managed to catch any of it or not. I'd say I was watching the uh, – it was NFL, uh, Sunday for me, it was NFL day. So, I was watching the – we had the, um, the Jags and the Bills were the London game. This So, Sunday, that was yeah. sort of middle of the afternoon for me. That's half past two. So, from half past two, I had that. Then at half past four, I watched the Arsenal game Um, because that was quite a big game in the Premier League. So I I, I thought I'd put that on. And then as soon as that finished, it's red zone for me till whenever I fall asleep. You know, uh, know, that's an all-nighter then. So I didn't move very much. Um, So I don't know if you caught any of it or just the reactions on social media and what have you.
2: Um, I saw the reactions, the same, same as you, like Sundays for me, if it's not, for me, Sundays from 6 a.m. to noon, it's it's EPL, whatever matches are on. And right. usually um, here at the market in the U.S., they do a good job of covering those big matches. Yeah. So um, same thing. And then once being a Texans fan, we always get the early time slot. Okay. So it's almost it's almost clockwork at this point. 12 o'clock is Texans. So, um, And I was keeping up with the Jacksonville and, and Bill's game just because Jacksonville's in our division. So didn't get to it, but I was keeping up on my phone. Um, on social media and, and with Mark Griffiths. So my only the only the, the thing that bummed me out more than anything was that you just had an episode dedicated to the women's team. Yes. And how how fitting would it have been to upset Cardiff yeah, after yeah, having yeah, this yeah. episode. So yeah. I was really bummed out for them. I really wanted them to to capitalize. Yeah I get yeah it. yeah so uh, but you know I uh hopefully hopefully they can come bump back in the road and down, that's all. And, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things like, yeah, you know, this happened and it was bound to happen, but what they did prior to this, that winning streak, they've been on an incredible run and they have nothing to be upset about. So no, they've, um,
1: they've acquitted themselves really well so far because it's yeah. hard to, when you get promoted, you know, as as the first team kind of found out when we got our nose bloodied week one, um, you know, um, it's hard to adjust. And part of your, the success of your season is how quickly can you adjust to that new level? Um uh, so they've adjusted really well. Um, so, you know, I don't think we're going to have uh, problems over the season. So, uh, yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, like you say, it was a shame on the back of that. But, uh, you know, one of those things in it, um, they just they, they need to, they'll kick on again, I'm sure. Um, so uh, we will uh, just have a look at the big piece of news this week, um, which I'm sure you saw. It uh, was probably the first of many extensions to come. Um, so, uh, I, you know, we, there was a, a sort of, not an anonymous tweet, but there was a mystery tweet that came out sort of hinting at a, uh, an extension from the club this week. Uh, and it was James Jones that that, that managed to get it. Uh, really pleased for him. Um, obviously, he's going to stay with us in theory till the end of the 2024-2025 season. So um I I always think with James Jones, I if you were to ask most of the players, I think they tell you he's a class act and that he's he's underrated. I think he's one of those. Um he's uh he's had a really good week because yeah, I thought he had a really good game uh, um uh, on Saturday, which we'll obviously Saturday. come on to after. Um and you know it's gonna be really important because it's cheaper to keep players than it is to recruit players from you know external so buying you know transfer fees and agents fees and all that it's cheaper to keep your good players um so that's uh that so that was a good bit of news uh what were your sort of thoughts when you read or heard I however you found out
2: yeah yeah i i saw it on twitter um same as you i mean it's he's a uh... I think he he's a unsung hero a lot of times. So one of those guys. That I think we've mentioned it before. When he does his job, you don't really hear about it too much. Yeah. Um. And he's just at the end of the day a good depth piece. Um. And you know I like these, I like these one year deals just because with Rexham there's no telling if we're gonna be here next year if we're gonna be in League One. Yeah. So um, I think it's uh it's a good addition. It's a good depth piece. And at the end of the day we still have the flexibility. Um this time next year to either keep them or, or move on and get someone of a, of a higher price tag. So I think it's, a, I think it was a great move all around. Is it common in league two to not really talk about um, price tags? Cause I, I didn't see anywhere, how much we're paying or anything like that.
1: Uh, yeah. So generally uh, unlike, so uh, when, when you say that to me, I naturally associate that sort of comment to how public everything is in the NFL they uh you know when somebody does a re-, re either signs on or does an extension it's quite it's that the i think the it's all done officially through a, an NFL panel and that's all public information isn't it how much somebody is mm-hmm. earning and how it's earned it's very public you know um whereas in in football they don't it's it's pretty much kept in house um so um, although the that will go into the accounts so when the accounts get reviewed, because the EFL will review the accounts to make sure that our wages to turnover is um, within the allowed limits, because they have a, a sort of salary, a version of salary cap, for want of a better word, um, uh, that, that that will be a piece in there. But obviously, it, yeah, they don't they don't sort of talk about it too much. Uh, we don't talk about people's earnings like we do in, a, in, in sort of American sport that I see. Um, so, uh, so yeah, they won't, you know, it might leak out, but there'll be nothing official, um, that'll come from it. Um, so that, so I think that does that answer is that, is that sort of,
2: yeah, what yeah, you were thinking? I mean, I'm also, yeah, that, and you know, I'm also thinking of like, uh, deadline day when you know they're talking about how much Liverpool's paying this transfer fee or how much they're willing to pay or offering to pay. And so, uh, yeah, um, uh, yeah, I didn't know if that was just in league two, I don't really hear about money at all so i didn't know if that was pretty pretty common or
1: because it's 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 relative to premier league it's relative small amounts of money Mm -hmm. um and also clubs don't really want you to know how much money they've got (laughs) so that if you put a bid in for a player you know if rex and bid in for a player you're going to turn around and go no we want double aren't you if Sutton bid for a player, you're not going to then go, no, we want double. You're probably going to go, no, we want a bit more, aren't you? So this is kind of, I think this is where it's come from initially. Um, and touch on that, Humphrey, I saw I saw a quote from Humphrey, uh, done an interview with The Athletic, saying they think our turnover for the year is going to be $23.8 million. Um, So I don't know what that is at the exchange rate, but for argument's sake, let's just call it 20 million quid. Um, that is Phenomenal amounts of money. It's <laughs> ridiculous amounts of money. Um, so um, when they, obviously they'll, they'll announce that properly in their own time, but uh, that's what they sort of that, that uh, they sort of eked out of uh, Humphrey. That that's what they were expecting the turnover to be, and that they'd ordered another twenty thousand shirts for Christmas. Um, uh, so obviously uh, they'll be they'll be back in. That'll be the final lot normally before uh, before next season. So um, that was quite yeah, interesting. Um... Um, I
2: feel like, uh, uh, well, two points. The first, I, I feel like um, the the outcry for shirts hasn't been like what it was last year. Last year was every single day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think they did a much better job of handling that. Go
1: I, I, I've got a caveat to that. It's better, but I think what's also, the club will hate it, but fans will uh, accept it. What's also maybe taken some of the heat off is the fact that you can go on an app and, get a Chinese company to make you a replica for 20 quid. So maybe some of the parents, because they couldn't get one, a mate's done it, they've done that. So there isn't the heat then, is there? You, do, you don't, do you see what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. I, um, it, my, I'm on a Sunday league and we got, um, my team decided to go with uh, with Ajax uh replicas for our, yeah. our team jersey and man those some of those chinese companies are really damn good i'm a big yeah, it's frightening i'm a stickler yeah i'm a stickler when it comes to to kits, and i'm over here with a magnifying glass investigating it and we got the player issue type yeah and it is like <laughs> yeah yeah i wish it makes the arms look good but other than that it's kind of scary so um but i remember speaking of the the 20 million turnaround i um my boss when when i worked for a uh, club here in the U S had this saying basically as a football club owner, the quickest way to a million dollars is to start off with 5 million yeah. and you'll just see it trickle down. So um, yeah. it's, it's not cheap. It's not cheap owning a football club and um, rare that you'll finish out on top. And um, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, just big, big shouts out to and Ryan for taking on this endeavor and, and, yeah, it's 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 a it's a pricey hobby.
1: Yeah, very much so. Um so speaking of Rob and Ryan, we've got two minutes left before we uh, we run out of time on Zoom. Give us your give us a, a summary of what you thought. Don't go into too much detail. Just give us a nice summary of how you felt watching this week's documentary. I thought it was one of the best episodes. I really enjoyed it. It's about the FA Cup run. You know, I was in Coventry. I was stood there. I was at the home game with Sheffield United. I was pulling my hair out when we conceded the last minute equaliser. Uh, but I just thought it was a really good episode. And I loved, I've put this on Twitter before. I, loved, I, I was sat there thinking, I can't believe we've not sort of buried Billy Sharp, right? <laughs> this fella who is consistently doesn't stop yapping about us, only to sort of for Rob and Ryan to sort of say, my beer while they sort of went to town on him for 20 seconds and called him all sorts so I love that I was so grateful that they did that uh, so yeah obviously don't go into too much detail. just tell us what you thought of the episode generally and uh, what was the, the best bit
2: yeah yeah so uh you know remind me remind me to get back to Billy Sharp if, if I forget but I like you said I really enjoyed it um I was I was concerned about this episode so unlike The Ballers episode, not that I wasn't excited for, but I don't know much about the women's team aside from Rosie Hughes. And then I was pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed that episode. It was one of my favorites um, so far this season. This episode, I was nervous because I had such high expectations. I was watching those FA Cup games in real time. I remember the emotions that I was going through, you know, um, watching it here in the U.S. So in my my head, I was like, okay, they're going to have some pretty big shoes to fill when I what I try to do to gauge an episode as well as like if my girlfriend watches with me I try to see her reactions to a lot of these things because she's not as invested as I am and she was at the edge of her seat she was gasping at, at those last second goals and so um, I think they did a great job I loved it um, and it's like you said it's it's back to football so when you go back to football yeah I'm 110% in so yeah I loved it and it's probably my favorite so far 15 seconds on Billy Sharp uh, so Billy Sharp is now in the MLS as some yeah. as you may or may not know, he's yeah. with LAFC. Um, the way things are ending up, it looks like my club that I support the Houston Dynamo might be getting a dose of Billy Sharp. So, um, I really, uh, I'm looking forward to that and I'm, I'm with you locals. I'm with you, Wrexham folks. I do not like this guy one bit. So hopefully we <laughs> get the last laugh. If you're in Rexham, support the Houston Dynamo. We will in the MLS playoffs.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, top stuff. All right, so we'll go and we'll come back and we'll start reviewing games, shall we?
2: Let's do it. Good
1: stuff. I've been
0: telling everyone to listen to me. Someday we will be back in the... So let's go back Whoa, till Saturday.
1: Um, so we went away to Crawley. Um, I don't want to say we desperately needed a win, but, you know... We 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 needed a win. It, you know, I think was the was the key, um, just to keep ourselves up there in the mix. Um, and we've gone away to a difficult place uh, and come away with a one 0 win, which I was really pleased about. Um, before we get into the detail, we'll just go through the sort of team that started, and then I'll uh, then we'll start to sort of break it down. So. Because there was a cut, there was a surprise also, I guess, in there. Oh, a, a surprise, a shock, whatever you want to call it. So, Arthur Conquoverse he started in goal. Mendy and McLean were our full-backs. I think we sort of we guessed that that would be the case um, because we'd sort of seen it in that match before. So, um, uh, Hayden and O'Connor again, we'd seen we'd seen those two before. So I don't think there was any surprise there. The surprise came from O'Connell coming in instead of Tozer. Um, so I'll get your thoughts on that in a second. Uh midfield sort of lined up again as it was with Elliot Lee, uh Evans, and Jones, and then Palmer and Mollin up front. But I guess the majority of the chat prior to the match was dominated by the Tozer omission. Um so give us your thoughts initially. What you you know, what were you thinking when you sort of first heard the team news?
2: Um, I think uh if if you follow me or not, I've been pretty critical on on Tozer. Um, and again, I've meant you know nothing against him. He was my favorite player last year, yeah. but he just seemed to step off. It seemed like the a lot of attacks were too fast for him, um, and so I know they labeled it as just time off. Um, I'd love to know how that conversation went with, with Parky. Was it Tozer? I know he, Tozer's had some stuff going on at home too. So yeah. um, I, I'm curious. So why the benching more than anything, but um, I was, I, I was, I don't want to say glad. I feel like that's kind of rough to, to say about Tozer, but um, I was glad for some change. I think it was needed on the back line, even Boyle. I, I, I you know, Boyle's a high, there's highs and lows with, with Boyle um, recently. So um, I'm glad O'Connell finally got a a start. Um, I love the way the backline looked, but I guess just to answer your question, I think change was needed and um, I'm glad that we got it. So that was my initial reaction. Once I saw that Tozer was out.
1: Yeah. I don't think, I don't think there was, I think the surprise was um, the fact that It happened. I think lots of people thought it was a possibility and maybe it should happen both for him and maybe for us. Yeah, give him a rest. Let him have a let him take him out the limelight. Let him sort himself out. Obviously, behind the scenes, like you say, we don't really know what's going on. We, you know, we've got an know we've got an overview that he's he's had a recent, you know, he's had a loss, uh, but we don't know what he's like day to day. You know, is is football his escape, or is that does he not really want to be playing football? Does he want to be at home with his family, whatever? So we don't know those ins and outs. Uh, whereas Parky does, obviously, doesn't he? So you know, he's there day to day, knows what's going on. But I think most people thought. Um, it was a possibility. I did. I didn't know whether I thought O'Connell would be the man to come in and play centrally or what. I I didn't know what we were going to do because we've not had to think about it before. Um, yeah. and then it, in the recent game against Newcastle, Evans had dropped into the middle of the back. So I was like, Oh, is he going to? Is he going to do that? You know, are we basically going to have two midfielders in that back line? And you know, how's that going to look? Um, but no he had obviously he had full faith in O'Connell who came in and looked very accomplished he looked really good in the yeah. middle to be honest uh, mm-hmm. as the free man um i thought i thought he looked really good so so that was the big that was the the, the sort of prior to the match shall i shall i caveat that was the big talking point because obviously something happened later on uh, a couple of things happened later on um i know the game changed when we obviously uh, went down a man but There were spells where when when you haven't got Tozer in the squad, all of a sudden you have to build up play a different way. Because if you think about it, traditionally, Ben Tozer gets the ball and what does he do? Does he pass it into midfield? No. It's big, long balls and diagonals. And that's how we set our play. We set our play by winning winning first and second balls high up the pitch um, from long passes. So all of a sudden now we've got, slight different tact and at times I thought we looked much better there wasn't enough of those times that was the issue and obviously you know the first few games you play differently you have to sort of you know you have to learn a bit and you have to get into it Um, but I thought we did look better at times some of the football was better there just wasn't enough of it and then the game dynamic changes when a player gets sent off doesn't it so uh, that's the You know, uh, and we also had an injury to to, to contend with. That was the that was the the other thing. So, um, uh, I guess let's deal with them separately. So, Bendy goes off. I mean, I thought he'd stretched for. I thought I saw him stretching to control a ball, and that implies to me it might be a hamstring. Um, Parkinson didn't give too much away afterwards, other than say it looks bad, but he didn't go into detail and go it's a hamstring or it's a calf or it's a. So, I'm going to assume that it's a hamstring off what I'd seen. And that's a persistent problem, unfortunately, for Mendy. Um, so before we go on to the Andy Cannon tackle and your your other thoughts, just touch on that Mendy thing. What were you thinking at the time?
2: Just devastated for him. Um, yeah. When he's on, and I just love the way those uh, him and McLean looked back there in the in those wings. And um, it finally felt like something was. We finally got everything clicking back there, and then it happened again. And I played football, um, you know, growing up uh, American football, excuse me. And I've had a hamstring issue before and it took at least two years of not playing once I was finished for it to fully feel back. So hamstrings, hamstrings are one of those things that, yeah, it's gonna, it's going to be a bother for quite some time and it's very persistent. And, um, yeah, I'm just devastated. I'm hoping that I'm hoping it's not as serious as, as Parky had mentioned, um, but yeah, I mean, just it was just devastating. It's very frustrating, um, and yeah, I just especially when they were looking so so great together back there, and so
1: yeah, Mendy was really growing into that role. Thought he was shaky again to start with, as you'd expect, because he's not comfortable on that. Everything is different when you're playing on the and opposite left side footer of the pitch
2: too. Yeah. Right?
1: So not only do you have to use your weaker foot more often. um, but you have to think differently and the pitch looks, everything looks differently. Um, so actually, he grew into that role really well. He became a threat going forward, which is what you want, don't you? Um, you know, you want him bombing on, using that bit of pace. Um, but like the guy just can't catch a break now. I've I lost count. Is this like his third? Him and Aaron Hayden are trying to trying to sort of beat each other for the most sort of hamstring injuries, it feels like, doesn't it?
2: There's a there's a saying, and I remember I don't know if you watch much basketball, but they would say it about Derrick Rose, the when he played for the Chicago Bulls because he was always hurt with his hamstrings. Sometimes these guys are just too athletic for their own good, for their right. own body. And I feel like Hayden, he gets up there when when he goes for those headers. Mendy's so fast, it's like it was the body built for this kind of athleticism, you know? And so um, I feel like you see with it's there's a a common it's always these hyper athletic guys that run faster than the normal jump higher than, than the normal that deal with a lot of times hamstring calves. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's the usual suspects when it comes to these injuries. And so um, maybe this is needed. Give him a, give him a, a, a good break. Let his hamstring get back, back to normal. But to his credit, like you were saying, when you play on that opposite side, everything's different. My biggest concern was the defending because when you're as a defender, what you always want to do is you want to make the, the, the dribbler uncomfortable, make him go to his weak side. But if your strong side is your left side, that kind of throws everything off for you as well. So I thought he did a great job of, uh, if I had never saw Rexon before and you told me that was not his tip, his usual position, I would have never known. So um, he was doing so well back there and I was pleasantly surprised with what he was doing defensively as well. It wasn't beautiful. It wasn't perfect, but it was, it was, it got the job done.
1: Um. so so let's talk about the, the the cannon tackle then. Um because that, again this was another one that sort of um it, there was a few people still saying it wasn't a red card. Um what what were your thoughts when you saw it.
2: Uh when I first saw it I, I watching it live I didn't think it was a red. Um and then you go through the replays and you're like I guess I can see that. Um, I'm still jaded with with referees from two weeks ago, so uh, probably not the best opinion opinion to ask. But um, that's one of those calls I could have gone either way. Just you know, when it's against you, it's 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 a tough pill to swallow.
1: Yeah, obviously. Like, we don't have super zoomed camera, brilliant cameras, obviously, compared to like uh, Premier League and stuff, you know, where you can almost see every blade of grass. Uh, When I saw it in real time, I was like, oh, oh, you know, that could be. Um, And then the thing that really sealed it for me, I don't know if you saw this picture. Um, uh, I'm going to, I'll, I'll. rubbish audio podcasting but great for people who are watching us on youtube um uh, but there's a there's a picture there um which is of the moment and if you look at the uh, you know he's Canon is right on so he's not intentionally done that i have no doubt he's just late um mm-hmm. but if the referee sees or hears that contact he's got a decision to make and then you're you know it's 50 50 then, in it is what what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, I thought I, I just thought it was a brain fart, I thought it was a bit reckless uh, and a bit daft. Um, but I don't think there is any doubt if you look at that photo, there is no doubt that he's made contact. Does that make sense?
2: No, yeah, 100%. I always, my rule of thumb when it comes to those calls, I put myself in the other team's shoes and I'm like, well, could I see that? as a, as a Crowley fan. And, and if I was on the other side, I'd be up in arms if he didn't get a red for that. So um, it's justified, I, I guess it's just the way the team was playing is such a, it's, it's unfortunate because I'd love to see a, a full strength 11 um, for the full 90 minutes.
1: Uh, I've just, the thing that frustrates fans as well is that um, so on Sunday, we saw a tackle in the... I'm just going to touch on the, the game that I happened to watch on Sunday night, which was the Arsenal City game. Mm-hmm. There's a tackle by Kovacic on Odegaard. I don't know if you've seen this. So if you haven't, you'll have to go back and have a look. But there's a tackle, but it's more from behind. And he gets Odegaard on the calf, on the on the Achilles, and the ref doesn't send him off. And it's like, that is a really blatant red card. It's the inconsistency that drives people mad it's just you know if you see that tackle and that's a red fans get annoyed when you see the other you see that tackle on a Sunday and that's not a red uh, and that's what really drives people nuts isn't it and you know I see Howard Webb is doing the rounds interestingly today trying to justify some of the some of the decisions that have been made recently and it's just like yeah you know. It, 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 that inconsistency and uh, it, people being erratic is what really annoys fans but uh, but anyway I digress um, from other Premier League type stuff so we go down to 10 men um, I guess there's two things to say the first thing is uh, obviously prior to all this Oli Palmer scores an exquisite goal it is a brilliant goal um, to be able to take that uh, sort of as he does it's such a deft touch uh, not what you'd expect from a stereotypical target man. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, when I saw that, I was like, that's just a touch of class. Um, and much needed because I guess that's the thing that we're just missing from Ollie, isn't it? We're just some more goals, you know. Um, good players work hard, and we know Ollie works hard. You watch him, we watch him running. He, he doesn't stop running, Um but the difference that separates the good from the great is then adding that extra layer, and that's the that's the bit that I would like to see some more from him is just to do his share share of goals, um, which we you know he's what is that couple for the season now, um, so uh, so yeah. But what did you think when you saw saw the goal? I thought it was you know it's a good move. And it was a great finish.
2: Yeah. No. Um, for me, it's. Uh... <laughs> I don't want to say it's expected, but, uh, yeah, it was just beautiful. Um, I Palmer has just, this season has gone back to his old ways. I think we've mentioned, we've touched on it before the end of last season. I know people were already calling for him to perhaps be subbed out of the starting 11 and the, the first few games of this season, it, it's a good reminder of why you've gotten them, And a lot of that was without Mullen. So I think we'll see more of those kind of goals for Palmer with Mullen back. I think uh, I he just has so much more confidence when Mullen is out there. So um, Mullen elevates. I think the
1: pair works, doesn't it? They help each other.
2: Yeah, I think they need each other. Um, they, they elevate one another. I, I would argue that Palmer benefits more from Mullen being yeah. out there than Mullen does with Palmer. But uh, when you see when you see Mullen on the field, those kind of goals, I don't want to say expected, but you're not aren't as surprised with with Palmer. He he just he t- t- takes it to a different level when he's paired up top of Mullen.
1: Yeah. So the interesting thing there was a, obviously there was rumors last year that Palmer was injured and uh, uh, I think it was a hip was the rumor. Um, I saw quotes from him the other day saying he t- he got himself fit in preseason. And the off season, uh, as we might call it, and you know we come back fitter and stronger. Um, you know whatever the whatever the truth is, I think I wonder if I was him, and I see Wrexham trying to spend half a million quid on deadline day. What I'm thinking, because if Armstrong comes in, Palmer drops down the list, doesn't he? Because there's no way that they're not starting Armstrong if you're spending half a million pound on a footballer. So. Um, I, I wonder whether that motivated him uh, or helped him find another gear as well. You know, that, 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 that thought that, you know, ooh, I might have been pushed out a little bit here.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. And that, that actually reminded me too. That I was actually really concerned with that when the, whole, when the whole Armstrong, excuse me, when the whole Armstrong thing didn't go through, I was thinking like, okay, if I'm Palmer, am I going to not necessarily hold a grudge, but there's two ways you can react with that. Correct. Elevate yeah. your game or either stay the same which essentially is is regressing so uh I'm glad kind of shows to his mental toughness as well I'm glad that he went that other route elevated his game and showed that hey I belong here so um very pleasantly surprised that uh or not surprised very pl- uh pleasantly I don't
1: um, happy oh, yeah.
2: that uh that he went that that route
1: yeah um Anything else stand out for you in the game? I think you know from, from who who were the sort of standout pick out players for you.
2: Uh, the Palmer goal was a huge help in 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 standing him out. But for me, the two heroes, and I go back and forth on who deserved man of the match. But Akunquo, yeah, um, was brilliant back there, um, and Hayden. I just okay, I thought Hayden had his best match so far of the season. Um, he just. I think he's very crucial for that back line and, um, nobody else, nobody else, as far as our defenders offers what, what Hayden offers in my opinion. So, um, it was between Okonkwo and Hayden. How about you?
1: Yes. Yeah, so Okonkwo for me. Um, I thought that was the, he's the person I picked as the sort of, uh, you know, the, if you want the, the the man of the match, um, I thought he was really, really good. um, and it's it's interesting when you look at it from a statistical point of view. Um, obviously, Wrexham are in sort of green on, these, on some of these and Crawley are in red. You know, we didn't see a lot of the ball, but when we did see it, obviously, we scored a class goal. Now, you can obviously, from the point where the, the red card sort of takes effect, you, you're not going to see much of the ball, are you? You don't expect to see yeah. it there. Um, but much to my, I guess... Much to my frustration, we're just not a side that keep possession of the football. I would love us to be. I think we're good enough to be a side that keeps possession of the football. But time after time, you look at this momentum graph here. Um, so the further down this uh, your colour is, the better the quality of the sort of uh, the, the chances that you're making and stuff, um, and the more sort of momentum you're having. You know, that's predominant forget that bit after the red because you know but prior to that that's predominantly crawley it's so crawley have dominated down, yeah. the football uh, we've done wonders in sort of um, you know keeping them out um so you know they had 25 shots five on target so you know they were uh, they were playing in front of us a lot um uh, so we did, we did well from that point of view but yeah i just you, we just have to accept now that we are not a team that is going to dominate the football uh, we are. It would appear going to continue to play this more direct, efficient approach. Um, which, as I said, I, you know, it, that's that'll be that'll that'll either be Parky. He'll be either be knighted for that, or he'll be you know he'll be shot for that, won't um, Yeah. Because that'll he'll live and die by that decision. Um, and I think with the it's a shame because I just think we are good enough to play some. You know, to to try and control that football better, but that's the way he's you know that's the way he's picked to go. That's what we're going to do. Um, so predominantly, we are going to be a, bit, a little bit more direct. Um, but yeah, a con quote for me. I thought you know a couple couple of times he was key. Um, so uh, so he was the standout for me.
2: Yeah, no, he looked great back there. He looked like a like a tenured tenured keeper.
1: Yeah, he's growing into that. His kicking is getting more accurate, so he's finding palm and now. Uh, uh, or whichever big man we've got up there, he's, he's kicking, he's getting more accurate. Um, and I just, I thought it was interesting, there was a Facebook post this week, people sort of speculated, will we be able to keep him? <sighs> I don't know, you know, his contract's up at Arsenal. he's a free transfer, somebody's going to be offering him big money on wages. Um I really hope we can keep. You know, he's on the trajectory. I really hope we can keep him if he carries on as he is. I, I do think it's going to be tough. I do think there's going to be championship clubs chasing him. Um, but well, I guess you know, let's let's we'll have to worry about that. Hopefully, there's there's a plan in place that if 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 it's not Rob Leighton, um, you know, hopefully there's a plan in place for a, you know, if we can't keep a Conquo, if we don't think Leighton's fit enough, if it's not Howard let's start looking now who are the keepers that are either going to be, you know, coming out to the end of contracts, out of contract going to be potentially available that we know are just sitting in reserves, not playing. Hopefully we're thinking about that just in case, but I, I would really like it to be a conquo.
2: Yeah, no, same here. Uh, I think, uh, I think if we get promoted, we have a fighting chance yes. to keeping him. Yes. Um, if we don't, I, it looks pretty grim, but um uh, yeah, no that that was my my big concern too. When um, preferably I would have preferred his his Arsenal contract been longer, and we can keep him on a two year loan or loan him again year after year. I think that would have been easier for us, um, as backwards as that seems. But yeah. him being a free agent, he's going to go for some big bucks. So yeah.
1: it'll be the wages you see, because obviously because there's no because there's no transfer fee involved. Yeah, uh, clubs will offer him a lot more money. Um, and I mean, I don't know what his Arsenal contract is, but now a player like that going into the Championship, you would think he's, you know, he's going to be on double what anybody at Wrexham would potentially be on, maybe more. As I say, I don't know what his Arsenal contract is, but uh, I think Championship clubs will be offering him ten to twenty thousand quid a week. Uh, if you've got any ambition to get promoted, you're going to want a good goalkeeper, aren't you? So, uh, yeah. so yeah, that will be a challenge for us. So. Uh, hopefully people have buttered him up already and so sort of, you know apparently he's really happy he's got a flat somewhere i don't know whether it's wrexham chester or what the situation is but he's up here in a flat and he's enjoying it and apparently Park, he said he's super confident you know there's no doubts about that he's got a lot of belief in himself and i guess if you've you know if you've been at a top club and even though you've been fourth or fifth choice you're obviously of a certain level aren't you you know so uh, the uh, the world is in his hands
2: where is he? Uh, where is he from initially?
1: He's, I think he's. Uh, as in, where is he born, or where does he sort of live? Uh,
2: yeah, like where did he grow up as a kid? Where's his family?
1: I, I, he's been at he's been at Arsenal for years, so he must have been always been around uh, North London.
2: Hmm. Um, yeah, no, I'm just curious. Is, is he comfortable being being up north, being that far away from from family? Uh, I think that plays a huge role when you're 20. Yes. Um,
1: yeah. Again, that, so that'll be, you know, those are, those are the unknown. Those are the things that we don't know that the club will know, won't they? You know, if he's moaning about being homesick all the time, then we know we've got no chance, don't we? If he is, yeah. I mean, bearing in mind, he's sort of, you think he was on loan at Crew last season and then went to Austria. So you wouldn't think he'd, you wouldn't, you know, if he was homesick, you wouldn't go to Austria for sure, would you? You'd stay in, you'd at least stay in the UK. Um. So, you know, I, I, I'm hope I hope I really hope that he isn't one of those people that suffers from homesickness a lot and that he's comfortable uh, and that he can settle down and we just sort of hope he buys into the journey with us, don't you? That's the that's the selling point, isn't it? The fact that hopefully you could be the goalkeeper that stays with us for three, four, five years if you keep working hard and your performances are good and uh, and obviously we can fulfil your ambitions by playing in big games and being in and around the playoffs all the time.
2: Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, for a League Two club, I don't. No one's getting this much exposure as Wrexham. So, no. um, I don't know. A, a player like him, you get if he wanted, you get the exposure, um, which you know could lead to sponsorships and and money outside of football. So, um, again, I'm I'm very biased, but I think Wrexham is a great fit for someone like that. Um, but we'll see. Like you said, it's probably something that uh, we have to worry about not yet. So. I've just, I've, I just had fry. a real,
1: an interesting thought, sorry to interrupt, I'm going to send Mark out a tweet or something actually, or, or I'll message him on Instagram, because it'd be great to see Arthur on his podcast, wasn't it? Because then we would yeah, learn a yeah. bit more about, you know, some of the stories like, listen, since you've come in, you've looked really comfortable, you're really happy, we, we'd get a little bit, of uh, we'd start to fill in some of that information, wouldn't we? Uh, about him, um, so be, uh, that would be that uh, would be really interesting, and obviously Mark Howard's got the Arsenal connection because Mark Howard was an Arsenal goalkeeper. But I think he's a yeah. Tottenham fan, but I think he was he was at Arsenal er, early on in his career. So there would be a a lot of sort of a lot of common ground for him to cover on yeah, that yeah, podcast, yeah. Uh, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah,
2: is he? Uh, I haven't kept up too much uh, with uh, I forget the name of it, but with Mark Howard. Yours mine away yours mine away is he is he still pretty consistent with the uploads yeah even being during, yeah, yeah, during the yeah, season
1: yeah so um so yeah be, uh, we we will we will we will poke him and see if uh, see what he says because uh, i've i have sort of before sort of uh, hinted that it would be good to get one of our old Wrexham goalkeepers on, who for me was my favourite goalkeeper. I thought he was our best goalkeeper ever was a guy called Andy Marriott because he was the goalkeeper kind of in my, you know, when when I first sort of, uh, sort of really understood what Wrexham was and what was going on under Brian Flynn and uh, uh, Marriott was my goalkeeper really. Um, so I've sort of, I've said that to him before and, um, but, uh, yeah, that would be a good one. The Arthur one would yeah. be a good one, I think.
2: Well, to your point, too, the uh, the the free agents or the new signings we got this offseason, people already knew about them. People already knew about McLean. People already knew about Fletcher. I think Arthur's a one that, not there's a big mystery, but people don't really know too much about him. I think that'd be a great way for him to... No, you uninitiated didn't.
1: I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's true, why I true. tweeted... Tweeted out before he came that uh, he's the one he was the one I wanted. Um, but no, I I get your point that you know the point, the the, your point is valid, really. So, um, and that's helped him probably because there's less expectation, perhaps. Um, you know, around he wasn't a big name as such, was he? Wasn't like he was coming from a championship club as a starting goalkeeper, uh, you know, there was that pressure wasn't there, was he? And and the faff, like. Uh, oh, you take you go in there for the money and all that. It's like uh, you know he's had none of that to deal with, really, has he?
2: Yeah, yeah. So, um, but no, I, I <laughs> finding a goalkeeper that you can trust is very difficult, and I think we found him. I know it's very early to tell, but I have no reason not to believe that he's not the guy going forward from what we've seen so far. Yeah,
1: yeah. I sec. I second that. Uh, what anything else in the game? There, so we'll wrap that up. But anything else in that game that either stood out, good, bad, indifferent? Um, you know, what were you thinking about? Sort of the football we were playing. I thought the outstanding thing again is what we've proved once again is that we are tremendously resilient. This the, the this team spirit in this squad is just it's borderline unreal.
2: Yeah, yeah. That uh, again, that goes back to Parky. He has these guys believing. He has these guys fighting for him. Fighting for the badge. So um yeah, no, but we showed a lot of resiliency despite going down, going down a man. Um I really liked uh, uh I really I really like that back line. I don't know if it's something that we stick with, um, O'Connellin instead of Tozer. Um I'd like to see how that's gonna look on Saturday. Um and um Evans, I just have so much confidence when Evans is back there when when Go ahead.
1: I've, I've got what I just, uh, what's really interesting. So, if uh, you're right, and I agree. What was also really interesting is what, what we learned was that Evans has a long throw, uh, yeah. <laughs> which was really, you know, that was a bit of a surprise because I don't think anybody kind of knew that. So,
2: yeah, yeah, you
1: know, we've still got a long throw despite Tozer. If we won it, we've still got one,
2: yeah. So, um, so I bring up Evans because, like I said, I, I get very, I'm very I'm very comfortable with him back there. I feel comfortable for the midfield. I think he's going to do a good job of kind of, of kind of leading the pack there. My question though, is that this was the second week in a row where Elliot Lee wasn't the strongest mm-hmm. that yeah, we've yeah. seen him. Do you think that has something to do with, with Evans being back there and kind of holding him back a bit? Um, what are your thoughts on Elliot Lee? Or is it um, just, he's just having a bad couple of weeks?
1: So that's more my gut feeling is that he's just you know he's been so exceptional. I think he's probably just being a bit more normal now, uh, uh, as it were. Um, but that's hard to know unless you can hear the conversations going on on the pitch. Um, yeah. and from where I am, and like where well, they were away anyway in that game. But like even where I'm at home. I can't really hear those conversations because of where we are in the tech end. It's really hard to listen to. But some other people who sit a bit closer might be able to tell us a bit. And, you know, maybe they are hearing Evans go, listen, just sit. Certainly when you go to 10 men, the dynamic changes. So it all goes out the window. Um, but I just maybe there's just a little bit of, uh, you know, and Crawley had a lot of the ball. So again, we're not really doing the thing that's best for Elliot Lee. You know, it's getting the ball early and let him dictate uh, and poke and prod and, uh, and shoot. Um, so, my gut feeling is he's, he's, he's you know, uh, I wouldn't say he's awful, he's just not at that exceptional level. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think he'll, him and Mullin have got a really good relationship. So, I think pretty soon we'll see that that coming back. And uh, remember, at least then playing somebody new in McLean is behind him now. So, there's a little bit of learning there. Then O'Connell is playing in that centre-back position just where, you know, on that left side where... So there's a little bit of change in that area. So maybe they're just figuring it out. But that's... It's guesswork, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. OK, happy with that then? Pleased with that? Great away win. Team deserve a lot of credit. Parkey deserves a lot of credit. Um, They did exceptional. Palmer with an exceptional goal. Um, Some good stuff all around, barring the sending off.
2: Yeah, no, it was a good, uh, it was a good win. It was a needed win. Um, kept us. We're still, I think seventh, if I'm not mistaken, seventh or eighth in the standings. Um, but, um, it was just one of those wins that we're going to look back. And, and I think, uh, like, again, this could be me just looking at the glass half full. I think this is going to kind of be the start of, of things looking up. Um, so hopefully, hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm right there. So
1: I hope you are too. <laughs> Good stuff. Shall we? Um, when we come back, then we'll look. At, we'll look briefly at uh, Crew last night. We've had the
0: best home talent like Joey Jones and his best mate Mickey T.
1: So I know you were watching at one point from a, a car park uh, last night's game against Crew. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was in crew Uh, so what was the situation explain to us what was going on there was that a work thing or was that what, what was going on with you? Yeah, you like yes. your iPad or whatever in the in, in the car
2: yeah so I, I, I cover a pretty large region for work and so I, a lot of times I work out of my car and um, just because of the timing of everything it made the most sense to bring out the iPad and find a, a parking spot where nobody would bother me. And yeah, I watched <laughs> it. And it's funny, like those, those posts about where I'm watching get such great feedback. Like it's probably some of my more popular posts. And so I was like, okay, maybe I'll just make this a thing. And the week before I had posted, I watched in my porch and my patio uh, on a projector. Yeah. I saw that a ton one. Of yeah ryan reynolds liked it so i was oh, like really? okay maybe there's something there yeah yeah so <laughs> i posted this other one to show that you know it's not all glitz and glamour here and um so yeah watched it uh watched it in my car wasn't the most comfortable but you know as long as i could see it i was really curious to see these younger guys get get uh get some minutes in uh my question to you so it looked like it was not the most packed stadium. Yeah, Is that, was that because it's still so early in the cup or is it more of a sense of the boycott going on for some people?
1: Um. So I, yeah, after I've answered that, remind me to go through the team and stuff. Um, otherwise I'll forget. So I think from what I understand originally the, um, the, the, the boycott of this tournament I think it started, you were supposed to boycott against the under-21 sort of sides that obviously Premier League, some of the Premier League sides put out. Um, But it kind of extended, hasn't it? Because football fans have to pay out more and more and more money. Uh, Less games are included in your season tickets. So, you know, you've got to pay crew fans, for, for example, obviously being at home, they've got to play... Uh, pay extra for any sort of you know there's two or three cup competitions on top of your your, your already season ticket, so it kind of it merged into a general protest on, uh, on the on the cost of football. I guess would be the the sort of the phrase. Um, so I mean, when we play them in the league, that ground will be full. I have no doubt. Um, you know, part of that is because Wrexham come all Wrexham obviously bring draw a good crowd and we bring a good crowd, but I think last night that was sort of. Uh, it, it's 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 all it's normally a little bit quieter on a tuesday night um as opposed to the weekend um but i th- think the majority of that sort of uh those empty seats were efl trophy boycott if that uh, yeah, that's big yeah. that, you know that that's my guess um that's what i would say
2: yeah we um actually i got kind of uh, frustrated with this uh, on last night's episode um so whenever Whenever folks explain the FA Cup to non, and I'll just say soccer um, for where I'm at, but whenever people explain it to, to to non-soccer fans or non-traditional fans, they always compare it to, let's say a AAA baseball team is going to play the Yankees. Like That's the same comparison you hear over and over again. I think they did well, that on the documentary, actually. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mentioned that specifically for that reason. And the what upsets me is that the oldest tournament in the entire United States for any sport is our open cup, which is essentially the FA cup. So any team from any level can get in this open cup. And if you make it far enough, you can play the, the New York city red bull in New York, for the championship, whatever the case may be. Okay. So, uh, we have something similar to that here, and I just I get kind of frustrated that nobody really shows it any love uh, when folks are talking about the FA Cup and they try right. to compare the two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but with that being said, the reason I bring that up is that we have that here too. So, like the 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 bigger clubs, like the like Houston those games are empty for us until we get to the quarterfinals, the okay. semifinals, yeah, the yeah. finals. So um, it's just more of like, well, it doesn't really mean much. It's going to be mostly bench players. So I didn't know if it was the same situation there or if this boycott is actually kind of gaining traction. Because yeah. I've seen it online. I just didn't know if people were, were actually following uh, through.
1: Boy, uh, it's, I mean, it's probably a combination of a multiple things, but boycott predominantly, I think, uh, is the uh, will be the vast majority of it um, uh, from that point of view. Um, well, yeah. So you were, yeah. Uh, yeah I'll go through. The, I'll go through the team. I, I, I was just going to say. I mean, we were nearly half the crowd. In fact, I'm yeah, adamant I that, that the numbers that they put out were incorrect because it looked to me like we were the majority of the crowd Um when you you were sat there. Because I'm not sure which side of the. the I think the cameras were uh, showing you the big empty, yeah, big yeah. empty stand on the far, which is the crew big home stand. Um That didn't look well i've done i wouldn't I, i'm trying to guess how much of it was full because people were sat here there and every, dot, they were dotted around basically <laughs> um but i'm adamant that 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 uh that for some reason they've in the old days they used to uh, lie about the uh, attendances um, and the reason for that was it was a it was a tax fiddle really so you would say that there was less people when especially when there was a lot of cash done so you could pay on the gate with a you know a 20 dollar note or whatever um so in the old days, they would say there was less people and they, 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 they would take that cash and put it in the back pocket. You know, we could uh, go out and buy some catering with that or whatever. Obviously, it didn't go through the books. Um, but like, Crew seemed to have done the opposite and inflated their gate, I think probably to save embarrassment. Um, and yeah. so, uh, so that's the, that was the weird thing about it. But anyway.
2: Just, just okay. audio-wise, it sounded like Wrexham uh, had oh, the bigger following that, that match.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they did have a half-decent away end with a, I don't know if they showed it on the, you might have seen some pictures, uh, with a large gentleman that decided to take his top off and have <laughs> a couple of minutes of fun. Um, but uh, yeah, we were definitely uh, definitely louder. Uh, obviously, it helps by the way the game went. You get an early goal, that silences everybody a bit. And so so that helps a little bit, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, Parky Parky promised changes, and changes we got, didn't we? Um, yeah. Uh, I will just bring up the team so that you, to refresh our memories, really. Um, so we finally got to see Luke uh, McNicholas in goal. Uh, Max Clareworth was the centre of the centre backs in a back three with Tunnicliffe on the right and Boyle on the left. Um, Tunnycliffe obviously just coming back from injury, so a good chance for him to get some minutes. Um, Hosanna came back in on the right. Uh, McAlinden played on the left hand side again. Uh, as he did in the previous sort of game against Newcastle, uh, a strong midfield of Cannon, Young and Jordan Davis, and then Dolby and Bickerstaff up front with a mixture of sort of experienced, semi-experienced people on the bench. Um, you know, uh, Barnett being the uh, the obvious one as the most experienced, but uh, there was names on there, like <clears throat> Ashfield who came on, Ashfield. I think he's uh, about 17, I think, got yeah, basically got the, the, the tail end of the time added on. Um, at the end, um, but predominantly, you know, no, I think we only made two subs- Say that again.
2: That was his first uh, professional appearance, debut of yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Um, predominantly, he just sort of stuck with what, what, uh, you know, the 11. We didn't make a lot of changes or anything at all, really. Um, subs wise, so uh, you know, he wanted to get minutes into some people and he wanted to give some people a chance, uh, to, to make an impression, I guess, because you think about the that team. You've got people like Luke Young probably had a point to prove, um, you know, given the fact that he obviously got taken out after Stockport. And then I don't, I'm not sure he's made a bench since. Uh, I could be wrong, but I don't think he has. Um, uh, Boyle obviously got was was taken out in the same, after the same game. Uh, Cleworth, slightly different situation um, in the fact that he's just a little bit deeper down um, the, the sort of uh, the squad list than the others. Andy Cannon, you would argue has got you know he's 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 obviously got needs to make an impression. He's got sent off at the weekend. He wants to be back in the first team. You you'd think he'd be using that game. Jordan Davis, a nice chance for him to get a run out and get some minutes. And then Dolby, obviously, who's kind of started. Perhaps he's lost the lost the starting place to Palmer. Now you could uh, you could say he's possibly sipping down the list with Fletcher. Um, and then we'll talk about what last night's game, whether there's any dynamic change there, because I would argue that there is. Um, I see a lot of love online. for. I'm referring to Bickerstaff, obviously, there. Yep, a lot yep. of love for Bickerstaff online. Um, so, you know, there's something to be said there. But fundamentally, that was the team um, that sort of uh, that we started with. So when you see that team... Uh, obviously now in hindsight we know that we win the game uh 3-0 and it was all fairly comfortable but when you first see that team uh what were you sort of what were your, what were you thinking again any thoughts any worries or not no pressure on that game because it's that odd cup game or
2: yeah, uh, yeah, I just for me, it felt like it, it was a good game to get these guys some minutes. Um, I wasn't too worried about the pressure or anything like that. Um, I knew if that was the team we were rolling out with and crew were going to come out with something similar, um, as far as not having their best players on the pitch. So, uh, um, I thought it was going to be a fair, a fair match. Um, just for me, it was just excitement. I was, ha- I was excited to see how ton of cliff looks. It's been a, yeah. a while. Hosanna, um, and, and like you said, I mean, what's going to happen with Bakerstaff and Dalby? Um, they uh, Dalby especially had such a strong finish last year. And um, as we had mentioned earlier, uh, Palmer was kind of didn't finish the, the didn't finish the strongest. So a lot has changed since the end of last season. So I was curious to see who's going to take the bull by the horns there and really capitalize on that moment. Yes. yes. I think we saw who did. Um and lastly, we had mentioned um a earlier and earlier today about, you know, what's gonna happen hit with him and is he gonna stay or not. And I was excited to see uh McNicholas. you'll have to McNicholas, yeah. You'll uh I was excited to see what he was gonna do and if there's something there with him. So um mostly excited just to see the young talent. It was more of like a, a scouting yeah match for me. Um so um wasn't wasn't nervous at all, really.
1: Yeah, so let's, I guess we'll, because there wasn't a lot in the game, so we'll summarise the game and then let's go into a couple of those points and talk about some of those players and what we saw, um, if that's all right with you. It was yeah. a pretty comfortable game given the fact that we obviously got an early, got. A, I mean, you could argue the Davis goal is even early, you know, you're 2-0 up in 13 minutes. Um, so from that point, the game was pretty comfortable. Crew didn't make an awful lot didn't trouble us an awful lot, even though their team was a decent side that they've put out, to be fair. Um, But I think what it highlighted was our squad depth. You know, we've got vastly experienced players who have played in League One that we're playing in this game, you know, and and we're challenging them and saying, you want to get back in the first team, go out, Go out and show me why i should be picking you in the first team so i think there was that there was that ele- there was two elements obviously you've got that early good start and then you've got that quality and experience which which helps um uh from that point of view i think the i don't think we i mean we didn't learn anything about us as a team apart from the, the squad depth i don't think we didn't learn anything about style of play you know it was all much of a much it was all pretty much the same um but I think it's when you look at the individuals and you pick on some of the players that you've just mentioned, I think those are the big stories. I'm going to call them the nearly men. I made notes before and I was like, did the nearly men do enough to displace anybody on Saturday? Yeah? So if you think about what you might have picked as our squad on Saturday, who went out there and will get somebody potentially out of the squad? Um. Now, uh, let's pick up on a few. So McNicholas. I thought McNicholas did everything... That- he had to do as a goalkeeper in terms of shot stopping was really comfortable. It was all pretty much straight at him. He wasn't really tested. Where I I saw was, however, was really good distribution. He was really comfortable with the ball at his feet. Um, He was really quick to throw the ball and kick it out and start attacks from the back um, rather than just sort of predominantly aiming long balls at people. Um, and that was the thing. I don't know if you if you saw that or not, but that was the thing that excited me most of everything. You know, he, his handling was comfortable, but his distribution and stuff at the back was uh, was really good.
2: Yeah, I um, I wasn't paying too much attention to the distribution, and that's just more so. I, I I'm not too familiar with coaching a, a goalkeeper, and so I yeah, you know, I stick to what I know um but for me he was tough to to judge because he wasn't really challenged like you said all the all the shots were gimmies you'd expect him him to save them yeah 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 so uh, he didn't do anything for me and this is just my ignorance it's not again I I don't know too much about keeping and distributing because I know there's an art to it um but he didn't do too much for me to be concerned um and he also didn't do anything for me to be like okay this is the future here so
1: yeah, I mean he's not going to displace Howard or a for mm. instance, you know. Um, exactly. But in an emergency situation or in those cup games, you'd look at him and go, "Comfortable, no problem." You know, yeah. we wouldn't have any worries about putting him into that that level of game, um, as it were. Um, I'm just trying to say, what the you know if we go out from the back, Clareth looks okay. Clareth looks fine. Max is what you know. He, he we I think a lot of people we know what he is. Um, I think we just need to be careful in how much we build him up, um, because I think uh, there's some things for him to work on um, and. Um, but he looked comfortable in the middle, that was the interesting places where we're going to play him, he played him in the middle, um, so he looked comfortable on the ball, did his defending fine. Um, you know. He, he, not saying anybody was perfect, but it, you know, he he, he did fine. Cliff looked good. Uh, he claimed the first goal because we couldn't quite. See, it was right at the other end of the pitch from where we were, so we couldn't quite see who it was who'd got the. I think it was a header, um, but Cliff claimed it, so that was nice for him. I'm a big Cliff fan. I think he gives us some good balance at the back in terms of strength, heading ability, and speed on the across the grass. Um, so I'd be very keen for him to uh, to be nudging at that first team pretty pretty soon. Um, so he did well. Boyle um, did okay. You know, did did nothing wrong. Don't think he was exceptional, as it were, uh, but he did nothing wrong. Um, well,
2: so sorry to cut you off there, oh, but that know. that was concerning to me though. Like you said, we had League One players playing in mm. this match. I thought Boyle should have shined. I thought Boyle should have looked like he was better than everybody there, and yeah, we yeah, get yeah. that. And to me, that's a that's a that's a worry.
1: Yeah. So I I I would I, I would put I've been personally I when you look at that 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 midfield for instance last night I thought Youngi was really good, um, thought he did really well. Uh, as we know, we know what Luke Young is. He's he's consistent. He's seven and a half out of ten every week. Yeah. Uh, and you won't very rare will you get anything less than that okay um, But I guess when you when you're striving for fe- perfection, you want somebody that's going to give you nine, ten out of ten, two weeks and then eight out of ten, two more weeks. and I'm guessing that's why what Parky isn't seeing, which is perhaps why he's pulled him out. You know I don't know again, we're guessing at what Phil Parkinson's thinking but because obviously there's there is that conversation at the moment is like why is Luke Young not playing? Um, the one that I was surprised at was Cannon. I wanted to see Andy Cannon really dominate that football last night in midfield, get hold of it, take control of it. Uh, and he just did everything too safe for me. Um, so that's the one I be, I would be challenging and saying, listen, come on, your championship quality, nearly. Uh, you know, he was in a championship squad for a long time. Let's get a, you know, really make an impression here. So that's the, that would be the one I would like to... I would like somebody to challenge him and say, we think you're better, we can get more from you. I remember when we signed him, Stockport fans were sort of saying, you'll win the league with this guy. He is the difference maker. But we're not seeing that really, are we? If you question people as to last season, did we see that? Not sure that we did. So is that a coaching? Is that a tactical thing? Um, Don't know. Um, But it'd be nice to get to the bottom of, because it would appear that he's really talented, but we're not getting that that level out of him that would really be a different, you know, would he make your midfield on Saturday after last night? I mean, he's banned anyway, but take that aside. Would he make, would he get into your midfield after, after last night?
2: He didn't do anything that impressed me. No, Not,
1: not correct. Yeah. So not, you know, hasn't really sort of grabbed it by the throat and made an impression. Jordan Davis is probably the closest you could argue. He was before saying as Elliot Lee's level dropped, Davis scores a lovely goal. It's tidy all game. You you know would it be a shock if Phil Parkinson named Davis instead of Lee? A little bit, but not too much. You know, he's that goal last night is really good. Um, it's a it's a lovely little run and finish. Exactly what we know he can do.
2: I thought yeah, you were going to no, say something. I, I
1: stopped then because I thought I saw you move towards the mic. I thought you were going to say something.
2: No, uh, well, just that. Like I agree, it it would be a shock, but I wouldn't be disappointed.
1: Yeah, and like if if Elliot Lee was injured, and you know all of a sudden we're like, you know, Jordan Davis is playing. You'd, you'd be re- you'd be reasonably happy if if that happened, wouldn't you? Um, mm-hmm. You wouldn't be thinking that's a massive drop off because we you know we know what what uh, Jordan can do more so in the final third. I think what we the difference between the two is what Lee does in the middle and an our third compared to Jordan Davis. Um, but uh, yeah, you wouldn't be you know you wouldn't be too worried attack from an attacking point of view. I think the biggest debate that comes from last night is the the is the what's happened to Sam Dolby because uh, around me I always like to listen to what people are saying and what's being shouted and uh, and granted you know I was in an area that I could hear twenty people I don't know how many people I could hear you know um, so it's not uh, necessarily what everybody in the fan base is thinking but I think coming out of last night I think. The, the common thing was well bickerstaff needs to be further up this squad list than sam Dolby because he made a great impression in the ground I don't know what it looked like because remember we can see off the ball and what's happening whereas a TV you're only you're only following the ball really aren't you um so I don't know what it looked like from your point of view but bickerstaff looked and did exactly what you would hope he wanted to make an impression now granted he didn't get a goal but he did everything but he was he was exceptional last night.
2: Yeah, no, even even on the screen, um, you saw you saw a difference, and uh, I think I'd mentioned that was my thing was which one of these strikers is really going to capitalize. Yeah. the the unfortunate thing is is for Bickerstaff, we're just so we're just so heavily Stalked. loaded up there. Yeah. So you have Palmer, Mullen, Fletcher. That's that's a tough group to yeah. crack through. Um, But you know, if let's say an injury were to occur, I think. Bakerstaff really took advantage of the situation, yeah. And um, I don't. It's weird with football; you have these ups and these downs. And Dalby is obviously he's in the down right now, and and I'm not sure what happened there, but um, not he's not the guy we saw at the end of last season.
1: Yeah, he got he got a big confidence boost in that cup game at Coventry uh, when he got the start and he got the goal uh, because that was a bit of a shock. Bearing in mind we were going to Coventry, if. I remember turning up there and finding out that there was, you know, like some we, we'd kind of mixed the team up a little bit um, and that Palmer wasn't playing and it was Dolby and he got the goal and that really set him on the path and he, he he really fed off that. And obviously, really, he kind of replaced Palmer last season, didn't he? For the vast majority of it, he was the starter uh, and he scored some wonderful goals. Like, was it Chesterfield? We had a mazy dribble off him and he looked a threat. Um, but this season, he looks the opposite really. He looks devoid of confidence. Um he's he's the frustration for a lot of people is physically he's I don't know what he is. Six foot three, looks like he should be a big lad. Um doesn't very doesn't get off the off the floor sometimes to win edges. Doesn't really look like he's fighting to beat a man, to be strong. You know, lots of people were uh, really frustrated with him around us last night and he's he's got a problem. I think he's got a real problem now because People, the fans have lost a little bit of faith with him. You look at that, I don't see how Bickerstaff can't be ahead of you. Uh, you know, if, if you're going off form, I'm not sure how Phil Parkinson can't look at that and go, you know, Bickerstaff's number five here. You'd look at that and you go, well, Bickerstaff's number four for me, uh, behind Fletcher, Palmer, and Mullen. And then I, I, I was talking last night to somebody and I'm still adamant that they might. I'm adamant that they might. It's that, that's obviously, a, nearly sounds like a contradiction. Yeah. I'm not sure that Luke Armstrong deal is dead. It wouldn't surprise me if we go back to him. And that puts Dolby and Bickerstaff, Bickerstaff you could say could go out on low, no problem. But that puts Dolby in a tricky situation then because he's fifth choice. <laughs> and you're not going to see a lot of football when you're fifth choice. Um so and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you disagree. Maybe you think I don't think you chase somebody and offer half a million and then just give up on it. Um, I think they. I think they'll go back for him. Um, and I think that's going to be a. That's a problem. Dolby's got a problem. He's got that potentially coming in the new year. But until then, he just looks shot to me. He he, do, he doesn't contribute enough. Um, he hasn't got that real aggressive nature uh, that you'd hope a big man has got
2: he doesn't play to his height. Uh, if he doesn't to play like six, two, six, three. Yeah, he, yeah. He's not dominating, um, down there with those, with those center backs. Um, my only concern I could see us going for Armstrong again. My only concern is that if you're the seller, you're like, well, wait a second, you offered this much. You obviously want him. Does that price tag go up now? Um, so that that that's my only, that was my only bit of worry when everything kind of unfolded. I'm like, well, if we do make a run for him, we kind yeah. of, we've showed our cards and how much we're willing to spend, so.
1: Yeah, and I mean, that's that's one for January. and Luckily, we won't have to worry about that until December or January, whenever they'll, they'll uh, review what's sort of gone on and look at the situation. And maybe there's injuries and suspensions by then, and it's just, you know, if somebody's out with a long-term injury, it's an easy thing to do, isn't it? It's, you know, it's less hassle, but... You know, from a Dolby point of view, there was not a lot of love for him in the crowd. Sadly, uh, people seem to have lost faith, is that, and he needs a he needs a breakout game. So he needs mm-hmm. to get a goal or two goals and really look like the player that we sort of saw flashes of last season. Um, because uh, the the vast majority of what I see is that people have uh, have, have lost faith with him. Um, but overall. I mean that was a. It was probably from Parkey's point of view. It was perfect. He's got let. He's got minutes in the legs of, the likes of, uh, like all the back three, uh, who could be used at any time. Obviously Boyle and Tony Cliff are closer to it than Clareworth. You would think. Uh, he's given Ozana some minutes. I was surprised Billy Waters was nowhere near it. I thought we might have seen him, but obviously, uh, obviously we didn't. Luke Young and Andy Cannon and Jordan Davis have got minutes, so that's good for them. Um, Bickerstaff has had the chance to impress and really shone. Uh, and then maybe he's, he's learned a little bit about, like McAlynden got some minutes, um, did okay, struggled a little bit, to be honest, but it uh, wasn't horrendous. Um, but, you know, he's a trier, uh, for sure. Um, but maybe Bickerstaff is the takeaway and maybe Parkey thinks, do you know what? He, that, that early promise we saw at the start of the season is still there. Um, you know maybe he should be on the bench a bit more because he's a bit I just think when you think about somebody to come off the bench you need somebody to make an impression uh, and he doesn't stop running Bickerstaff. he's a problem he harasses he hounds he's got a bit of pace you know he won the penalty by um, you know he made up two or three yards on a, on a center back got in front of him and the center back pushes him stupidly um and uh, and that wins the penalty. so um, yeah Bickerstaff for me was the outstanding player. And I think uh, on
2: top of that, those those a- attributes you mentioned, that's the exact; those are the exact attributes you want when you have that style. Like Parky's, that's very direct. You want that frustrating, pacey guy that is just nonstop at your face. Um, I just I feel like Bickerstaff's style suits what Parky wants to build as well. So yeah,
1: I, I, there was a, I was sat next to somebody last night, and he said I, I, he said to me I I just don't understand why Dolby is can cons- sort of closer to the start than Bickerstaff is. And we were sat there sort of debating it. And the only thing that we could really come to is that we're very conscious of uh, set pieces, attacking and defensive. And that's where Dolby would give you the, the advantage. In both boxes, he can be an asset, can't he? Because, you know, defensively and attacking. Um, but not if you're not going to get off the floor, not if you haven't got the desire to break free from a man who's trying to hold you and grapple you. And try and win a header, and you know, um, he he's just got. A, I think he's got a softer nature to him uh, compared to, you know, you look at the, the the sort of traditional big target men, the big aggressive hard alpha. That alpha male sort of is what you want, um, and I just think he's got a different personality, um, and um, I, he doesn't utilise that those physical attributes as good as more what a, we'd hope. Um, more of a but again, giant get yeah but again, you know we're not in training, are we? so does he do that in training? maybe, maybe he does more, but then the challenge to him will be, well, you do it in training, mate, but we need to see it on a Saturday, um, yeah, you know that's yeah. the that should be the challenge to him, um because I think the the big winner last night was Bickerstaff, and potentially the big loser was Dolby from that game,
2: yeah, no, hundred percent, um, I think uh. I was surprised, uh, now that you had mentioned it, I was surprised that we didn't see Billy Waters at all. Yeah. Um, especially with Hosanna coming in. I was like, okay, maybe he's gonna bring in the the three that we had left yeah. off. Um and so I don't know if that's maybe Billy has something worked up or he's gonna join another club and they just wanted to keep him healthy for the sale or what's going on there. But that was that was very, very surprising to me. Um can I, I just <laughs> Can I just say I'm very I, I'm very envious that you can go to a match and everyone around you is talking about football and the match. Like <laughs> the last match I went to, um, I was get the lady behind me was talking about her kid's little league game and why somebody didn't bring snacks and he should have brought in this snack because he's be allergic. <laughs> Next to me, they were talking about the food. Like no one's talking football at all. So uh, uh, I'm jealous over here hearing that you can even hear amongst the crowd conversations of of players and football so oh
1: mate and we're, we're, the thing is like we're, we're all managers as well so we all know everything we all know the perfect way to fix the problems don't we so exactly you know um but no i i like it because obviously as, I, as as we've touched on before it's therapy to talk about it and it's interesting to get other people's opinions so um so that's uh that's and it, you know i was just i was just i'm you know on another day maybe you would be sat next to somebody like that but Last night I was certainly around some people who had opinions, uh, and they were, you know, they were voicing them with no doubt. Um, so yeah, overall I think that was that was a great win. Wrexham are qualified now already uh, for the next round, so that Port Vale lineup might be even, you know, might be very very changed, you know, when when it comes around in a few weeks' time. Uh, I think it's at the start of November. Um, that Port Vale team will be very different. Because um, he'll have, the, you know, he will have that luxury to play some more of perhaps the youth, uh, or just a couple of them, and really mix it up. Um, so Parkey would have been delighted with uh, with last night. Um, your takeaway thoughts, final thoughts on it? If, you know, pleasing, nice to watch, nice to see the the freshness and the the, the sort of the, some of the players that have got, a, you know, like you were saying, have got a point to prove.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, within the first. 15 minutes, you kind of knew the way this match was gonna end up. Um, just with that early start we got. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, that at the end of the day, the these matches, these early cut matches are more of getting the other guys their 90 minutes, getting some time, scouting them a little bit. So I was pleasant that no major injuries. We kind of saw what everyone has to offer, what we're missing out on, and um, it was all around. I I think it's a
0: success. So we get
1: uh, a team you wouldn't have seen Wrexham play against, I guess, visiting the racecourse on Saturday in Salford City. Um, I don't know if you, do you know the sort of background behind Salford and what the sort of situation is?
2: A little bit. I know that um, I had heard about, the, so... You know, each one of my friend group, we each have our um, our team that we follow in the EPL. One of my, it's my cousin. He's a huge Man U fan, so okay, I know that they have. I know there's more, but the ones that I remember was uh, Gary Neville, yeah, uh, Skulls and Giggs. I know they're all part owners, minority yeah. owners, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm Nicky So I know David they're minority Beckham. owners, but yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know how that all came about. I don't know the the story behind it. So I'd love to get a brief history on that.
1: Yeah, just just uh, post professional career people wanted a people wanted a, a a a toy uh which obviously they you know some people buy resources some people buy football clubs um so obviously they uh, they sort of, sort of uh, started that sort of sulfur journey um and they were famous for spending big money to get out of the league <clears throat> um but they've been stuck in League Two for a long time. Now, infamously, they fire managers left, right, and centre. They appoint themselves. So, you know, um, I'm trying to think back now. Did Giggsy manage them for a while? And you know, so that was that's their sort of default. When Scousey might have taken them for a week before taking the Oldham job. And you know, um, so uh, but they but they 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 they're traditionally big spenders but they have been stuck they just can't crack this a bit like we couldn't get out of the national league they haven't been able to crack uh, crack that they've got a, it's admittedly small but they've got a lovely small little stadium I think it's sponsored by peninsula so they've got the peninsula stadium um for their ground um but uh, but yeah fundamentally that you know it's with the the class of 92 they are referred to as the sort of graduating year when this Half dozen young young players came through the, the sort of United Academy, and Fergie put them into the first team at United. Um, so they're all, they're all, they're all, they all, all, and they dip in and out. So like Phil Neville, obviously, uh, Phil Neville went off to Miami for a while, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. And then obviously was replaced uh, a few months ago, basically, I think, wasn't it? Um, just prior to uh, when Messi arrived, ironically. Um, so uh, they they dip in and out as and when they've got other priorities and other business interests uh, they'll dip in and out. But Gary Neville you'll often see tweets from Gary Neville of him sat somewhere with his his sort of owner's stream going on of the game you know of uh, I I, thought, I can't remember was it was it last was it this weekend he was perhaps he was at a game and he was you know his, his commentators mic was there and he had his tablet going with his stream of Salford going on or whatever. So uh, so yeah they dip in and out but. Um, so we have played them before. Um uh I've famously the was it our last game against them or second to last. They came to the race course and we blitzed them Boxing Day um a few years ago. So um a bit that was a bit of a shocker really, because I think that was that might have been the year they went up. Um we smashed them five one, I think it was. Um I've got a terrible memory, so um you'll have to forgive me. So but they're they're you know they're perennial. League two, they've got a lot of experience now in League Two. They'll be savvy. Um, none of these games are easy, as we know, as we found out. We sometimes we don't make it easy either, do we? When we uh, get, get players sent off, um, but if we have a look at their squad for a second, um, there's a, a name or two that a couple of people will know. So Neil Woods, the manager at the moment, he's I thought he was going to get fired recently. They've been on a terrible run up until recently, and um, he came out and admitted, I think he saved himself um because he came out and admitted that there was problems and that he knew he had to fix them rather than you know sometimes managers come out and go no 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 you know no problem we'll get it right and they, you know there's not much to fix he was quite open about it and uh, i think that's probably saved his job um so Mariapa's uh, mariappa's a big name that was a signing this year uh, i think he was ex-watford adrian mariappa uh, luke garbot i think was ex-everton Declan John, we were linked with, he was there, I, I think he's there on loan, he was the Bolton left back that we were linked yeah, with, yeah, yeah. bizarrely in the uh, in the window. Uh, Wrexham fans will remember a couple of their defenders, so um, Curtis Tilt and Theo Vassell. So Theo Vassell was released, I thought, a bit harshly by Wrexham at the start of the takeover. He was a centre-half, he was really good. Um, Curtis Tilt was a defender for us, Oh, eight. eights? seven, eight years ago, uh, maybe a bit more. Uh, I, I used to love watching Curtis Till. Left-footed centre-half, six foot three, six foot four, great on the ball. He was an out-pacey, he was really good. So he's been a really good... He's been off at Wigan and some of those teams, so he was a really good pickup for him this summer. Um, I'm just going uh, down through the sort of midfielders... Good players, nothing that's nothing that's sort of outstanding. Matt Smith, I think, is the one who will start up front. He's their version of Ollie Palmer. Um, I think he's the one that will be the, the the problem. He's the one that they they pivot off him, really. Um, so, uh, but again, you know, that was a, a pretty a pretty well assembled squad that that they would feel should be challenging. Um, and as we sit here today, where do they sit? Uh, they thirteenth. Um, so as you, you know, uh, as you can imagine when you've got players of the caliber of the class of 92, who've invested money over years and years and years, their patience runs thin now, uh, and they'll be, uh, you know, what would, what would kickstart their season better than to come to, come to Hollywood and, uh, and sort of, you know, start kickstart their season, if you like, you know, with a win or, or whatever, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but recently, so they they um, they'd had this terrible run. Uh, I think their last game was Stockport at home, which they lost three one. In the EFL, you know, Stockport are now se- are they second now? I think Stockport. So you know, yeah, they're second. They're um, you know, there's no shame in in that. Uh, we've seen firsthand what Stockport can do to people, have we? Um, yeah. <laughs> they've beaten Crew at home four two. Um, which is, was, was a good result. They've had three wins in, the, in, in uh, recently. They beat Crew. they beat Sutton away. Uh, now, Sutton were bottom or near bottom, so you could argue about whether that's a good result or not, can't you? But, you know, uh, you are still got to do it. Um, but they also beat Newport uh, 2-1. So in just prior to that really hard game against Stockport, they've just found a little bit of form after a terrible start so it's on the turn so you know anything could happen at the race course on saturday this could be one nil to somebody it could be six five to somebody this has got that you know that real unknown element
2: well i'm I'm looking at it as as, as you're as you're talking through it and i guess what concerns me is that that stockport match was a, a efl trophy match so you know there's no talent who, who I don't think they had their, their starters. in, so I don't really count that. I look at, at those last league matches and yeah, they've been winning. Um, and I mean, the match against Crewe was pretty comfortable. Sutton United was pretty comfortable. So um, when it goes to league play, they've been pretty strong. So that's it's a bit uh, worrisome. And I feel, as you mentioned earlier, when these clubs come to the race course or when they play Wrexham, there's that extra motivation that they wouldn't have if they're yes. playing bolton or Walsall or whoever so yeah yeah um yeah i think this is uh this could be a tricky one for us
1: there's that run that they were sort of on if you see yeah. from you know certainly from accrington um i know they've got a uh, a victory there over leeds but if you look that run there from Accrington down to again the FL Cup. So let's ignore that. Down to Harrogate, you know, you've got six, seven games there, whatever it is, where they were just getting nothing from the, from the game. So that was that tricky spell that that, that they've uh, they have managed to to come through, as it were. The managers managed to sort of come through it, uh, which surprised me. I was adamant that they were going to going to let him go. Um, and that probably Phil Neville would be now manager given the fact that he's uh, not into Miami anymore. Um but they've uh, they've resisted. Um, it was, a, so it was from a that mess point, there
2: before Messi, so Well we I mean it was to be fair.
1: Off. I was reading stuff that said Messi had sort of said to to, to Bex, Well I'll come, but like, you know, I ain't coming to play for Phil Neville sort of thing, you know, yeah, you yeah. go after you're gonna, we're going to have to do something there and oh, as it happens, I happen to know somebody that will will, will come with me and uh, uh, I think it was Tata Martino that went, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, was,
2: it was Tata and that's pretty much everyone's kind of uh, in agreement with that, I think
1: uh, Oh, I mean, I you're talking different levels of management there, I mean, if you look to be fair, I'd, we won't dwell on this too much but if you look at what happened with the England women's team once Phil Neville left um, you know, they went <laughs> they went on, a, 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 they, you know, they drastically improved. So, um, anyway, let's not, uh, let's not. That doesn't concern us too much, does it? Yeah. Um, so, I guess the interesting thing that we have to do, we have to play, we have to play the prediction game in terms of lineup and score, because that's what we do as fans, isn't it? Um, so, I'm really looking forward to it. Another game at home, um, and I think it's going to be really interesting because there's a couple of places. From a from a, a you know it, it, like from a positional point of view, where we've got some we've got we've got some question marks, i.e. Jacob Mendy's out, so what do we do at right wing back? Uh is Ben are gonna come back in, or is that O'Connell's for another week? Um, you know, is it does he just show loyalty and shove Tozer back in? You know, O'Connell did absolutely nothing wrong, so that would seem harsh. Um like you know does bickerstaff make the bit so there's a few there's a few little uh, few little things there for us to uh for us to mull over so go on give us your thoughts on what you think the sort of lineup will be um and i'm guessing we're gonna start i don't think there's any chance he replaces a Conquo in goal but maybe i'm maybe i'm being unfair and you think he could do
2: uh yeah if if i were to suggest that you should probably just kick me out of the podcast <laughs> um yeah i don't think we see a change at keeper um so interesting enough i i think i told you uh when we first started the thing with tozer was i felt like he was getting killed with speed now um aside from that Tozer's is an absolute unit back there so yeah. if you're telling me that um therefore matt matt smith i want to say is yeah i'll um, play two up front yeah, but matt he smith. will be the if you tell me matt smith be the, the palmer Palmer of... type well maybe that's maybe the better matchup is tozer oh um, connell
1: isn't small though is he that's the flip you? side to that Oh, uh, no. Hello? I, I can hear you, but I can't see you. I've got you back. Did the internet crash? Or, or did, did all your internet go out or what?
2: No, it was, I think it was just a Zoom. Just Zoom. Um, just I the guess application they want, or uh, oh, okay. I think they want O'Connell to start. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> so, yeah, Zoom has uh, gone. Ben, ben Tozer, coming back. No, yeah. it's oconnell <laughs> So yeah, uh, okay, so that but that was your thought was that potentially Tozer could come back to handle, uh, you know, to handle, to ha- try and handle Smith and yeah, yeah, and and physicality,
2: yeah, and then uh, like you had mentioned, O'Connell isn't isn't a small guy either, but physically Tozer just seems a little more imposing to me, um, just when he actually in the box fighting for the ball. So my only. Uh, Based on the way they played, I wouldn't make the change, but I wouldn't be surprised if Parky says, you know what, this guy's a, a thrasher in up top, so let's get Tozer in there. Um, and then for Mendy, perfect world, he'd be back, but um, I think we go back to Barnett. Then Barnett's back, still suspended. Barnett. So he's oh, back is he?
1: After, yeah, he's back after Salford. So uh,
2: Ford, I guess, is that where yeah, we left if off?
1: If he's fit, I guess, is the air quotes, if he's fit.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, if he's fit, I, I would personally go with with Anthony Ford. It's been a while since we've seen him, too. So curious to how how he would look back there. Um, everything else, I think, stays the same. Uh, there's no reason. There's nothing that I saw to change anything. Um, maybe put bigger staff on the bench. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. So what are your thoughts? I, I totally forgot that uh, Barnett was out. So where would you go sp- specifically with right back?
1: So well'll I'll, I'll run through it all so that we uh, so that we've got some symmetry. Uh, I think Oconco starts again unless obviously less injured. I happen to believe that it will be the same back three. I because we're trying to guess what somebody else is doing aren't we this is the thing. I think it'll be the same I think O'Connell will come back'll we'll stay in the team with uh, O'Connor and Hayden. uh left back will obviously be McLean. Now, it, it, the question is, is Ford fit? So if Ford's fit, he will start the game because we kind of haven't got a lot of choice. Yeah? Um, mm-hmm. If he isn't fit, then you're going to have to ask somebody to do a slightly different role. And I would put James Jones, believe it or not, at right wing back. Uh, I said this last week as well. that, um, And I think he might have even finished the game on Saturday there because he's got the attributes to be a wing back he's got that engine to run up and down all day um because it is a hard position you do have to you have to defend and you have to attack don't you um and i think that if you do that you can then easily bring in luke young into midfield for instance yeah i think that would be the natural unless you put o'connor back in and then you put another centre half in but i think the natural thing to do to avoid any um if to keep some continuity is you, you put Jones, the right wing back, you bring Young into midfield to play alongside James Jones. And uh, I don't think he will be motivated to make a change to Lee, uh, even though I agree that I think his level is, is just off a little bit. But I think he will give John Davis the rest following last night. So he'll be on the bench. Um, and then Mullen and Palmer up front is uh, is my gut. Go- is is, again, don't see any... Re- I, I would, be, I would like to see Fletcher start. I know a lot of people don't think he's ever going to start and they think he'll only ever be a cameo person. I disagree. I think at some point he might get to start some games. Um, I think they're just being careful with his fitness um, to make sure he's uh, he's okay, considering he didn't have a pre-season. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, uh, and like, I would love to see Bickstaff on the bench. I think you have to send a message to the likes of Dolby and say, if your level isn't enough, then I, you know, I can't get you in my squad. So don't come knocking on my door on Monday morning and ask me why you're not playing. You had that chance against Crew. You know, hand on heart, do you think you did enough to be, uh, you know, to, to be considered more useful than Bickerstaff? I disagree, and I don't think there's many people would, uh, you know, would say he was. So, uh, so yeah, that would be uh, that's my thought.
2: What would be your um? What would be your ideal scenario then for? For Fletcher to start, I because I'm on that train where I don't think he ever starts uh, okay. just because of, of, of the age. Um, but where would you see a scenario where Fletcher starting?
1: So on current form, he starts when Palmer is unable to play. So if he's suspended or injured, uh, he would uh, uh, if because we've got to make sure he's fit enough yeah so obviously he's not had a pre-season so that's not why we're not playing him we're we're letting him get up to speed so let's assume that he's up to speed and he's playing uh i i i think he starts he definitely starts ahead of Dolby right now so if palmer isn't playing i think you are starting fletcher i think there's a there is a, and if palmer isn't contributing in the way you would hope i don't see a problem with starting fletcher um what is he 36 i think but he was playing games in the scottish league last season um i i just don't think that's a deal you do if you're only going to get him as a sub uh i think uh, i definitely think he there's, there's games that if if you think he is fit enough playing well enough you know aerially he's superb you know we saw that uh that cameo um who was the cameo against where he scored the late header oh crew was it crew hmm. Crew, crew. Uh, mm-hmm. and he hit the post as well. He's and in the box, he's just he's unbelievable in the air. So yeah, i I think they'll be. I think he is going to start games personally, uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, but score prediction wise, what do you what do you what do you think? <sighs>
2: uh, so based on uh, I was trying to pull up Sulford's uh, last few games. Those they put up four the other the other week. Um, Yeah, against crew. Yeah, against crew, they put up four, and they've been consistently putting up at least two um, in this little run that they've had. Yeah. So, two against Newport, two against Sutton, and then four against crew. So, um, it looks like the offense is finally clicking. Um, with our issue here, right back, I think they at least put one in back of net. Yeah. Um,
1: I understand
2: that. But I do. Uh, I I do like where our offense was at. I think Mullen still isn't the Mullen that we know. I think he's still getting fit from the injury. Yeah. Um, This will be what his third full 90 back or his third, his third game.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah.
2: Back. So um, I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go with a three, one Wrexham win. I think we get a brace from Mullen and then I think we get one from Lee. I think Lee goes back to his old ways. Today, okay. I think, uh, or I'm sorry, this week. I think uh, I feel like these last two weeks were were a wake up call for him.
1: Yeah, so I w- I was going to say the same thing because I think defensively we've looked better the last couple of games. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like we've reined it in a little bit and found it, found found something that's working um, with a, a conquo in there. Um, but I could, you know, I could see in a game like this, it's you know, it's it's almost a derby game. You know, Salford isn't that far from us. Bit like crew was last night, really. You know, it's got a bit of got a bit of meaning to it because they're they're fairly local. Um, so i was I would, if I was three one or four two. I just think we're a bit better defensively now than we were. So I'm going to go three one. Um, goal scorers, I reckon Hayden's going to get a goal. I think we drew a Hayden header from a set piece. Uh, I was interesting that with I didn't mention this before with the crew game. We've also learned that Jordan Davis can take a long throw. Where, where that's been well, hiding, yeah. I have no <laughs> idea, but. I think there was one or two that he put in last night. There were good efforts as well. So uh, I don't know whether Toes has been doing training camp uh, through the summer or what, but we're uh, we're still not short sure of a long throw. So I think I think Hayden's going to get a goal. I'd always back Moles to get a goal, um, and I think somebody like James Jones has had a good week. You know, he's had a lot of positivity this week. So maybe uh, maybe 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 James Jones gets a goal. Um, just to top off a good week for him so uh, yeah i'd like to say i'd like to say 3-1 um is my guess but you know ultimately as long as we get 3 points i'll be uh, i'll be happy
2: yeah yeah no kidding so we're in agreement with the 3-1 you have i had a Mullen brace with lee yeah and you had jones hayden i spread and... them about i've spread them about yeah. a bit
1: yeah uh, but it's one from every sec it's one from every department really wasn't it it was hayden jones and Moles. um so uh, so yeah um, so we'll in some capacity we'll find out how good we are obviously at least we get a break midweek next week which is quite nice um, so uh, we can we can have a breather of a, of a fashion um, it's hard to cover two games a week so um, we'll um, we'll come back next week we'll see what see how right or wrong we were in some capacity. And we'll uh, obviously look ahead because it's Bradford the following. I'm at that game, the away game at Bradford. And obviously Bradford have had a little bit of upheaval because they fired Mark Hughes uh, or he left, whatever officially happened. Um, uh, and they'll have potentially by then we'll have a new manager in and they'll get what we uh, what we know as the new manager bounce. Have you heard that before?
2: I've never heard that that term, but I think... I think uh, I go. I think I know what what it's referring to.
1: Yeah, it's just that lift you get when a new manager comes in, and normally they'll come in and straight wiped clean. So players who haven't been playing uh, and perhaps have been training with reserves or whatever, all of a sudden they're uh, you know they're getting opportunities, and everybody gets to start afresh. And invariably, you'll get a, a game or two where teams that have been not performing perform for a little bit. And then it kicks in then as the manager lifted him properly or was it just the newness and that you know that opportunity to uh, to make an impression again? So uh, um, we well, had, had it last, the, uh... last season, we had that with Oldham. If you remember early on in the season, Oldham appointed David Unsworth, who's an ex-player of theirs who came from Everton. And Wrexham rocked up to Oldham and like really struggled for 90 minutes. And we scored two goals in two, three minutes at the end of the game. And Oldham had been doing nothing, you know. They were they were doing crap. Hence, why they fired the manager. Um, but then all of a sudden, looked like looked like a really good side for ninety minutes. Um, so we had that new manager bounce then as well. Um, so uh, so yeah, I no doubt we'll get a bit of that. I don't know who Bradford are going to appoint, um, but um, you know. Well,
2: even with with uh, with that new manager bounce, uh, the preparation uh, the. Opposing club, you don't know what to prepare for. Correct, and so um, unknown. Everything's adds, unknown. Adds what that. formation yeah, yeah, are yeah. they going to be
1: playing? All of a sudden, you know, they, Mark Hughes might have had a locked thirteen that he was using regularly as the, as his starters. Some of that might change because the new manager wants to play different different players become more relevant to him. So um that's what it makes it a bit of an unknown element. So uh, that trip to Valley Parade um, will be uh, will be very interesting. Uh, and there'll be a big, there'll be a big crowd for that as well. I can't remember how many tickets we had. Did we have nearly three and a half thousand, four thousand for it? I can't remember, but uh, there'll be a good away following for that. Um, so that'll be a good one to look forward to. Next week might tell us a bit. You know, where if we see who's appointed, uh, we'll we'll get an idea then on the style of that manager, and we'll we'll be able to see what traditionally what they do. Yeah, if that makes sense so all that leaves for me to do is to thank you for your time and uh, uh and for sorting out your internet glitch stroke <laughs> zoom glitch whatever it was um and say that uh obviously hopefully we'll come back with three points and we'll uh, we'll see what happens next week
2: yeah yeah no thank you so much for having me um looking forward to doing this again and uh thank god for Wrexham because had it not been for saturday there'd be no football at all with this international break so yeah i
1: hate international uh, international breaks are awful so uh, luckily yeah. like the premier league stops but obviously some of the, you know the lower leagues obviously we keep going so uh, that's that is nice so um, so yeah i agree all right mate thanks very much
2: thank you we'll see
0: the Kairos anymore, but that has been a football club here since 1864, trying to do the town or city proud, laying under the massive floodlights of the racecourse ground. Come rain or shine, you'll hear our cries Hold on Joey Jones And his best mate Mickey T Dye Davis was a Druid he loved Cymru And his name St. Jordan On a scoring spree Legends from far Feel like Trinidad We've had great play We've seen the lows and the highs, seeing it all. Telling everyone I know I've been telling everyone, no listen to me someday we will be back. My nephew and my godson. I've been telling my dog and the postman. I've been telling. in the football league.